Hey there, it's Tardy to the Party. He's Bill Mudron. I'm Daniel Rudis. We play whole pop culture holes of various pieces of me. We missed the first time around, and we also go chronologically through the Disney Through the Decade service on the section on the service of the Disney Plus. Yeah! But we're not doing that. So if you're here for Disney, get out of here, because we're going to talk about it. one of Bill's pop culture holes, I guess. Yeah. This is It's one of his. It is a hole, unfortunately, needs to be filled. It's. Did it need to be filled? It did not need to be filled. It did not need to be filled. It's totally an optional hole filling. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about John Hughes's. I guess it's his last teenage flick, um, mm. bringing to an end an era that began with. Did it start with Pretty in Pink? Which we just that recently. That's the first covered. one he directed. Yeah, well, you know, I think. Yeah, the. No, 16 Candles is the first Pretty one. Pretty in Pink was his first teenage rom com, but yeah, but then. Six, I can't remember which was which already. 16 Candles was the first one. Oh, okay. Pretty in Pink came he out. He didn't direct that. that, but then he did direct Pretty in Pink. That's what it was. Okay. Not that it really matters, because regardless if he's directing it or not, he was he had a strong enough producer role that he could still like even when he wasn't directing a movie, like rub his stink all over it. I guess he would still be like, okay, here's like what all the characters, here's the bands that this character listens to. These are all the posters that should be in this character's room. So even if he wasn't directing the movie, he was still kind of directing the movie. Um, yeah. And also, he kept on writing such similar characters that all of his characters are kind of like yeah, differently. What? And so, yeah, since I had originally decided to do 16 Candles and Pretty in Pink, because those, those were two of the big John Hughes movies I'd never seen before, and I always got confused because I knew they were both about what's-her-face <laughs> Molly Ringwald Molly falling Ringwald. in love. I could never... I didn't know which one was which, so I decided to watch them. I decided to close out the trilogy of John Hughes shit I guess we're going to talk about with his last teenage rom-com... Uh, not even rom-com. Yeah, you can take the com word out of there, no, and the, it's also just a the rom. I guess. Rom. Yeah, is well, yeah. well, that's the thing. I mean, John Hughes was, I guess, generally considered the master of the teenage eighties. Teenage, yeah, I guess you can't say rom-com, just teenage drama flick. And this is the last one he did before giving up the ghost. And uh, he did one more movie after this called "She's Having a Baby," which was his one attempt at like a really autobiographical film. Before that movie bombed, and he said, "Fine, fuck it, I'm just gonna do Dennis the Menace and Baby's Day Out for the rest of my life." Until oh, he did Dennis the Menace. I. Oh. <laughs> so okay, while well, researching shit for Pretty in Pink and Sixteen Candles, I bought a book about John Hughes. I can't remember what it's called, but it's more of a kind of a coffee table book. It has lots of pictures and stuff like that. There's only like two or three it books. Was it called How Did This Happen? <laughs> exactly! It's the picture of John Hughes going, eh? I don't know. How did I do this? <laughs> and one of the, and like, I read all the parts leading up to and including She's Having a Baby, which happened right after this movie that we're talking about today, some kind of wonderful... And I, I, that was depressing enough that I kind of flipped through the, the making of his later stuff, and I was like, yeah, he, I, a, I forgot there was a Dennis the Menace movie. B, I had no idea that John Hughes had like written it, and there was a little bit of an interview with him regarding the Dennis the Menace movie, and he's talking about somewhere out there is my Dennis the Menace, because they're talking about casting the character and how he didn't want to get like. He, like for like the role of Dennis the Menace, he didn't want to like get like an actual actual like child actor. He wanted to find someone who was more natural, and like just mm -hmm. the quotes, John Hughes, <laughs> someone out there, somewhere out there is my Dennis the Menace. I was like, man, that totally encapsulates the shitty 
last period of his life where he was just making all this... Which is the funny thing, because it's not like... I know everyone can... Who likes Dennis the Menace? Oh, man. Uh, unless, unless that you comic really strip love... sucked ass. You know what? You know who, who loves Dennis the Menace? People love Dairy Queen. And that's pretty much it. Um, what? I love Dairy Queen. Because, I mean, even, at, even when I was a kid, my only real exposure to Dennis the Menace was the fact that Dennis the Menace was on the Dairy Queen soft serve cups and shit like that. Oh, that's right, he was. That's what, that's what that. I'm saying, yeah. Well, that's what I Okay, fucking, I see the connection. Well, fucking, uh, uh, I thought you were just throwing shade <laughs> at people that like Dairy Queen. <laughs> I got an arbitrary hatred if people love Dairy Queen. Fucking blizzards. My parents are killed by a Reese's Cup blizzard. Um, but, yeah, well, how should all said the, the other thing? The other, the reason that book was so depressing, that book about John Hughes, was everything about that book was what a fucking weirdo that guy was, which actually even colored even watching this film, where he was just like this really paranoid fucking weirdo control freak who pushed away everyone who he ever worked with until he was pretty much just all alone in Chicago, like writing Flubber by Xerox, because he's just... This is, so the book opens with this anecdote from Chris Columbus. Chris Columbus is a screenwriter who wrote uh, Gremlins and The Goonies. Mm -hmm. And uh, he eventually wound up directing Home Alone, which is how he wound up, you know... Well, I know he was the original... I think he was originally supposed to be the director of Christmas Vacation. I think we talked about that. We talked about yeah. Christmas Vacation this past month. Yeah, but he hated Chevy Chase so much he's like... Yeah, I gotta off. get the fuck out of here. But he struck up a friendship with, with uh, John Hughes enough that John Hughes was like... Yeah, well, if I, I know this isn't working out with uh, you and Chevy Chase, but it, I've got another Christmas movie uh, called Home Alone. If you don't want to direct that instead, go ahead. And Chris Columbus did, and that totally made Chris uh, Columbus's career. He was like, that's how he wound up getting uh, like the fucking Harry Potter movies and that shit. But uh, the anecdote from Chris Columbus, this is how the book starts, because Chris Columbus didn't write the book, but he wrote the intro to this book. And his, yeah. his intro is all about his last time he ever talked to John Hughes was, it was right after Home Alone came out, Home Alone was this huge hit, and uh, he's talking, he goes to John Hughes' office like, in Chicago, and they're just talking about what they're going to, they want to work on something next, and they're just talking about stuff. And mm -hmm. Chris Columbus is, oh, by, oh, by the way, um... It's not even really related to anything that they're working on, but he's just casually mentions that he got he scored a directing gig for another movie. He's going to direct this uh, new Robin Williams comedy called Mrs. Doubtfire, and they're scheduled to start filming in San Francisco at certain times. And John Hughes is like, oh, well, you know, you should try to get that made in Chicago. And Chris Columbus is like, no, nah, it's already set up in San Francisco. They've already, you know, like found the sets and the houses we're going to film and all that stuff like that. And John Hughes goes, oh, okay. And, um... They keep on having their meeting, seems like normal as possible, and uh, John Hughes just never talks to, just refuses to uh, pick up any calls from Chris Columbus ever again, just, mm -hmm. just freezes him out of his life. And it was just because John Hughes refused, to, to, not even refused, because he was like, this wasn't even a, this wasn't even an argument they had, but he can only imagine it was because he didn't suddenly go, oh, hey, okay, yeah, I will try to change this movie so it films in Chicago, because as as soon as John Hughes got any kind of power, he was all like, I want to make this film, I want to create, like, a filmmaking empire in Chicago. And he mm -hmm. did this with lots, of, like, the, the whole, everything about the rest of the book, about every making of the book is about how different people John Hughes would freeze out of his life, just because, again, because not even they had an argument, but just he would make a suggestion to them, and if they didn't accept it right then and there, he would just literally just stop talking, stop talking to them for the rest of his life. The weirdest hmm. fucking dude in the world. 
And that's that's and the whole story of I guess some kind of wonderful uh, is I guess this was like the last movie that he offered to Molly Ringwald, and Molly Ringwald was like, "And eh, I've already done like eight movies with you. Like I want to do something else." And she turned down this movie, and John Hughes would never talk to her again. Um, and so they had to get a different cast. He decided, okay, well, no, no one wants to work with me anymore. I'm just going to get this different cast. And then it turned out to be, you know, fucking Eric Stoltz and Leah Thompson and shit like that. And uh, <laughs> the other funny anecdote, this one actually is about some kind of wonderful from the book, is I guess uh, John Hughes had already started work on what was supposed to be this movie while working on... Which one was the one with Ducky, with John Cryer? Pretty in Pretty Pink. In pink. I guess on the on the set of Pretty in Pink, John Hughes is like to Ducky, he's like, oh yeah, I got this idea for the script about this kid who's like, a, somehow, he's a kid, but he's also a super spy, and he uses his resources as a super spy to try to like persuade this girl to date him. The whole movie is just about him just trying to work up the courage to like ask this girl out. And like in doing so, he like gets together like the Blue Angels, whatever that you know, the Flying Jet Squad is, and fireworks and all this crazy mm -hmm. shit. And the whole movie in the climax is him just asking this girl out. And John Cryer was like, "Oh, that sounds really cool. If you ever make that, like, please consider me. F I'd love to be in that, even if I'm not, not in the lead. That sounds like a fun idea for a movie." And I guess a lot of that energy wound up like the whole idea of like this kid doing crazy shit kind of got, got turned into Ferris Bueller earlier. But when John Hughes mm. came back to John Cryer a couple years ago and said, okay, here's that, here's the finished version of that script I was telling you about, that kid who's trying to ask this lady out, um, John, <laughs> John Hughes gave John Cryer the script, and it was some kind of wonderful. And that whole story about, like, the super spy kid who asked this girl out got turned into this story about some poor kid mechanic who's trying to ask some rich, well, I guess in this, this finished version, she's not even a rich lady out. And John Cryer's like... This, this is just pretty in pink, just remade. What is this? And yeah. and and of course he didn't end up in, in 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 the movie or anything like that. But like, yeah, in, in the interview he was like, I have no idea why, like, John Hughes took what was like kind of a much more original idea and just decided to remake Pretty in Pink with the gender swapped. And that seemed to be looking at the reviews for some kind of wonderful. That it seems to be everyone else's takeaway from it too. Is like this is like a better version of Pretty in Pink, but it's not that much better. It's just kind of gender swapped. It seemed kind of weird. And I guess this movie mm -hmm. did badly enough. That was enough for John Hughes to finally say between between some kind of wonderful bombing and him being essentially quote unquote abandoned by Molly Ringwald and uh, who's the who's the guy? Um, Michael Anthony Michael Hall. Michael Anthony Hall. He was like. Fine, fuck it. I'm not gonna do any more teen comedies, and that's when he decided he was gonna do. Uh, I'm have uh, she's having a baby, which was like an autobiographical thing about, essentially about him and his wife, and that bombed. And then he said, "Fine, fuck it. I'm just gonna do Flubber for the rest of my life because fuck you guys." Start working on my magnum opus, <laughs> baby. Stay out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, so John Hughes, fucking phenomenally fucking weird dude, super asshole who pushed away everyone in his life who ever cared about him except for like supposedly got he did he his wife and his family really loved him but everyone everyone who ever worked with him professionally he was just like this really mercurial nightmare well not even a nightmare mm -hmm. because he would just like it was like it wasn't even screaming matches you if you just happen to say the wrong thing to that guy he would just drop you like a stone and again never just freeze you out just never talk to him to talk to you again and yeah. that's the story consistently from everyone in that book it's the weirdest huh. fucking thing, so... 
Uh, anyway, but that has no, no real bearing on the movie we're talking about today, so I guess... Yeah, I guess originally this was, this would have been another Anthony, Anthony Michael Hall... Uh, Molly Ringwald flick, but they both turned him down, so... Well, and I guess he also didn't want to direct this, so he handed the... There's oh, a whole thing about how... I don't understand. Was, there was going to be another director, and she said something wrong to, to fucking John Hughes, and so he fired her without, like, without no direct confrontation. He was like, she was reported at the set after filming for two days and just found out she was fired, and... Ugh, and so they, he just got the guy who filmed pretty in... What was the first one? That, 16 Candles. 16 Candles. Yeah, it was the guy who directed 16 Candles. He said, oh, he, hey, when, he directed my first teen comedy. How about you come back and direct my... Well, I guess he didn't know it was going to be his last one then. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. I forgot what I was going to say. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry knowing for that rambling. He's... Oh, it's fine. Yeah. Knowing that he's a dick, it's, it's nice to... It, it, I feel, feel good to rip this fucking shitty movie apart. And that's apart. the thing, because everyone's even like... Even the people who like her, like, I don't know. like Because he froze out everyone by the end. And mm -hmm. <laughs> there's even a whole thing about how, I guess after his first movies kind of blew up, like, I guess like Pretty in Pink and Sixteen Candles, the production shingle on that was like John Hughes Films Incorporated. And he eventually changed mm -hmm. that for like John Hughes, for like Pretty, uh, for like Sixteen Candles, or uh, for um, his middle movies, like Ferris Bueller and, and The Breakfast Club, were like John, John Hughes Entertainment, because he had all these dreams of like he was gonna produce tv shows and he really wanted to have his own music label because he was enough of a music nerd he was like i want to bring bands from from the uk over to the states and do all this stuff but he was such a poisonous person personality wise that none of that stuff ever happened because he couldn't yeah. work with anyone because he was such a fucking psychopath and so he yeah. just eventually just like as a, he he could have he could have had like his own entertainment empire if he wanted to but he was such a caustic weird pushing away person it's just, I, and no one, it's, it's the weirdest fucking thing, especially for someone who kind of, like, seemed to kind of, kind of leave his guts out, like, kind of exposed himself, like, with, with the writing in this teen comedies. It's so weird that he was such a caustic person, and I don't know, he's a weird dude. I don't know. I don't know what's mm -hmm. up with that, with that kind of personality type or anything like that, but, and well, no. all this is to say he came up with the most boring, bland movie to be his last teen, teen movie. <laughs> Great googly moogly. So what'd you think of this goddamn thing? I am legitimately confused by the last third of this movie about what's supposed to be going on. Yeah, that's that's a legit confusion. Um, yeah. I, I started watching it early in the week. I made it five minutes in and said, I can't do this right now. <laughs> Are you watching it in real time, too? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. This yeah. is... So, I started it up this morning. I woke up early, oh, really? started it up this morning, and was like, okay... <laughs> it's like trying to like yeah some kind of this awful, movie yeah feels like it's three hours long it's 90 minutes long and it is excruciatingly paced this is you know what the funny thing is i actually compared to like 16 candles which mm -hmm. it, that was his first one with all the racism right this is technically yeah. a way more refined version of it because at least this has like a main character and a plot where 16 candles are so meandering at least this is a little more focused but like like what the dramatics of what's happening in the movie are just so kind of limp and the cast is you know what the funny thing I, <laughs> this is half the reason I want to watch this movie because I forgot that Leah Thompson was supposed to be in this of course I had a huge crush on Leah Thompson as a kid back then and mm. I was generally kind of curious to see Eric Stoltz in another movie because Eric Stoltz is you know one of those big things about how like he was he was lined up to be a big actor because he you know he was the original pick for Marty McFly and Back to the Future 
and got kicked off of that. So I'm always curious to see uh, Eric Stoltz and other things, just to think like what could have been if he had been he remained in Back to the Future. Oh, what could have been? And I can see why they fired his ass because he's yeah. so fucking boring. He's not mm-hmm. bad. He's not like actively terrible, but he's just so like, hey. I'm in this movie. He's like the human version of Mickey Mouse, where he's affable and nice, mm. but he's not interesting at all. I don't and know. Even I don't fucking, know about that comparison. Even fucking Watts, the tomboy in this movie, like, I, reading up people's reviews about this movie, the, every, like, the one thing that got critical acclaim unanimously from everyone in this movie was... What's her name? Mary Steenburgen? Who's, who's the lady who plays yeah, the tomboy? Like Mary, Mary Elizabeth um, Master Antonio? Um, yep, that's it. Everyone's Nailed like, oh it. gosh, she is fantastic as this lovelorn tomboy. And I'm like, she just... I've known enough real-world tomboys, both who were dykes and not dykes, like this character. And... A cool word? <laughs> I'm just saying. This is like, <laughs> well, not, they would call themselves... Not, like, you know. I'm not, this, not, it's not my word, which I guess maybe I should be using. But you know what I mean. It's, 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 well, that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. The girls who would self-identify as such would call themselves as such. Anyway. Um, and even then, I could see... She's not terrible, but she's not like... she just, She doesn't have that edge of like... If anything, she should be the one threatening to beat up the bad guy at the end of the movie more than, than Ninja Turtles, but... Well, Ninja Turtles is the only decent character in the movie, and it's because he's... It, I read that he improvised most well, of the exactly. shit. Well, it's also that actor. I love that actor. I can't... It bums me out that actor didn't become more of a thing. Because I really love him. He's like... He should have been... Oh, I'm sure he's made shit tons of money off of CSI. Oh, he's on CSI? Yeah. Oh, I know. Okay, because the only things I know, the only thing I do. SV- I think it was on CSI SVU. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that this was our second Elias Katias movie this year because yeah. we did Ninja Turtles earlier this fall or earlier this mm-hmm. uh, spring. Um, so, yeah, I love that actor. I was I was always kind of surprised that's when um, Robert De Niro started doing more prestige stuff. I'm kind of surprised this guy didn't pick up the slack because he could have been like, if anyone had made like a Taxi Driver 2 he could have played, mm. like, and he like he was close enough to Bob De Niro that he could have just played Bob De Niro's characters and other things. People probably wouldn't even notice, but it's not Bob De Niro. Um, if they did, like, a prequel to Goodfellas, he could have been in that. Um, but, yeah, the cast. But, yeah, fucking... Oh, I guess we'll, we'll get into it. Oh, I guess we should go to talk about the... Yeah, did you take notes? Yeah. Oh, wow, I'm kind of surprised. So, fucking Eric Stoltz, he's a fucking car mechanic. Well... Yeah, yeah, and his friend Watts, <laughs> she plays the drums. Then that's and she plays and, the drums, and I guess lives home, like Home Alone. Like maybe that she's yeah. the inspiration for Home Alone because she just doesn't maybe. seem to have any family. Um, Leah Thompson's Amanda. She makes out with her boyfriend. That's her character. And her boyfriend looks like his eyes are too close apart. He's, he's got little pig eyes. Something's mm-hmm. wrong with that. He looks like a normal human being that's slowly turning into like Ron Perlman for some reason. That guy's look is weird, but. Yeah. He's a clone of Val Kilmer that got taken out oh, of the tube too early. That's totally... Because I was trying to think of like what Pokemon type he is, and he's totally like a Val Kilmer... Po- okay, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. so uh, Keith, uh, the main character, walk home, and he waits till the last second to step out of a way at church to train, because he's a real asshole, giving that poor conductor a heart attack, I... thinking he might have ran over a teenager. I totally get that the movie's trying to show us that, like, this is how he deals with confrontations. He'll wait until the last second and swerve to the side. Oh, yeah. Mm. And when 
it's funny because I know they're, they're they're not trying to put, put like, they're, yeah they're trying not to make him look like a badass, but it is kind of like try it is like yeah they're trying to be deep with it and it's just dumb. But Casey's Leah Thompson and her rich boyfriend make out on her stoop because yeah. she lives in the same neighborhood as him. But oh no, Bill. <laughs> His hands are all dirty. Oh, no. He looks at them and says, he'll never be good enough to date her because her boyfriend is rich. He drives a fancy car. Plus, his hands are really heavy. Like, everything in this movie is heavy-handed. <laughs> oh, I love you, Daniel. That's why I love doing a podcast <laughs> with you. His little sister, who doesn't do anything in the movie, plays with her garbage pail kids. Not... His littlest sister. <laughs> That's actually maybe my favorite part of the movie is that she plays with garbage pail kids. Yeah. That totally, also, that really situates this movie in a very specific part of the 80s. Like, there's only like a three, mm. three year gap where garbage pail kids would have been a thing. She does. I was wondering why she's in this movie. Oh, he has two. She, he has two little sisters. There's yeah. a little, little. It's full house. Which she only has yeah. like two scenes in this movie. It's and then one yep. of the scenes is playing garbage pail kids. Oh fucking! And this is wasn't this in fucking sixteen candles too? The precocious little sister or little <laughs> brother who was also yeah, wasn't he least, like a tax accountant? In like at least at least her younger siblings and or his younger siblings in this aren't like nice boobs. Oh god, that's right. I forgot about Birth that. Fuck, you know what? The best thing we have never seen better off dead, but. I was thinking about that this morning, about how Better Off Dead kind of plays with this trope. I don't even think it was do doing it intentionally, but the main character, John Cusack, his little brother in Better Off Dead, is this sociopath who's constantly trying to build, like, rocket ships and ray guns. Like, it's got the mm. little brother who's, like, super smart, but he's, like, t like, but he never speaks. He's a little more like hmm. the, who's the baby from, from Family Guy? He's a little more like that, rather than, well, yeah. he doesn't talk about anyone. That's neither here nor there. We're talking about That's garbage pale kids. Well, garbage kill pale kids may be the most exciting thing that happens in this whole movie. Yeah. 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 His uh, his dad wants him to look at colleges, so because he wants a better life for him. Yeah. He's the first one in their family that could go to college, but he's like me. <laughs> maybe <laughs> later. <laughs> the, is, the dad's not being an asshole about it. The dad is trying no. to be as like accommodating as possible, but he is just like. You gotta do His dad's like, come on, don't be a dick. I just want a better life for my kids. That's Plus, all it is, yeah. Co-ed phys ed. Oh, and they make a meal out of that. Like, they have to say that yeah. phrase like five times. Also, I was like, man, what do I know this motherfucker from? It's something I'd seen mm -hmm. recently. All right, he's the he's the, the, the buddy cop in... Um, he's the not Judge Reinhold in Be Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, okay, and That's why I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Which we just okay. we did that one last year, but... Something like that, I don't know. Uh, his other older sister, is still younger than him, but older than the other sister, is in his room messing with his records, and he throws her out because his family interaction shows they're all humid or something. I do like she's the annoying little sister, but rather than just, like, being, I'm into dolls, it's the weird little sister thing of, like, she's into the same music. She's actually rating his, like, super hip record collection. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, 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 she's annoying. Oh, I bet his records are super hit. Well, and that's the thing with John Hughes is always like, again, like I said, he, he like, whenever he, like, even when he wasn't directing a movie, he would, like, give off a list to the director saying, okay, these are all the records this character's into. This is the yeah. set dressing I want for their bedroom. And I'm sure everything, although, oh, but actually, there, if you go through and look at, like, the movies that John Hughes made with the teen comedies, he's pretty, pretty good about what bands are going to hold up. There's some hey. ridiculous things, but... Is is John Hughes' movies good, or is just the soundtracks good? I would even argue. Actually, you know what the funny thing is? 
I don't even think the soundtracks are actually that great. I think, mm. I think, I think if he had more money, he could have gotten better songs into his movie. It, like you could put up like like an Elvis Costello poster for free in a poster, but of course that Elvis Costello movie uh, the song may cost a lot more than just putting up the poster. So instead of like putting up one of the songs, so I think I I think the taste of the characters are better than the actual soundtracks of the movies that they're in, just because of modern uh-huh. money situation. Although. Gotcha. I know the whole point of like, all the characters in some kind of wonderful are supposed to be a riff on their names are supposed to be a riff on Rolling Stone shit. In fact, actually, Amanda Jones. There's a Rolling Stone song. It's called Amanda Jones. That they play in the middle of this song. And I'm assuming that, yeah. that 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 I don't know if the Rolling Stones were. I mean, they were always big. I don't know if like they would have been ex- as expensive in 1987 as they would be now. But I would imagine that Rolling Stones song in this movie probably took up like a quarter of the budget. But anyway, but yeah. Anyway, at dinner, they're all very human. The older sister bitchy about how Keith beat her up when he threw out her out of her room. The youngest sister talking like she's all the smart oh, one. I fucking hate And the shit. dad being all gruff and like her rump for her. Actually, that- Also, mom is there, there too, I guess. <laughs> this is the one scene where the mom is there just to say, hey, mom's not dead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole, none of the, uh, like, yeah, the, the family's there just to show that, like, the kid has a family, but, like, Eric yeah. Stoltz has a family, the- but. The oh. older sister bitches that they don't know what it's like having the biggest weirdo in school as a sibling. And He's the biggest weirdo in school. The that this movie did. Was there a purge at this school where <laughs> they killed all the weird kids? Well, that's the weird thing because this movie only worked. The movie goes out of its way to try to make it seem like Eric Stoltz and Watts are the two biggest possible rejects of humanity. At the school, but I mean, Watts is a tomboy and who's confrontational. Of course, she's not going to be super popular. But like Eric Stoltz is so milk toast. I mean, I could see nobody would a, even know he exists. Like he anything. just seems like he's the total. Like you said, he's like the Mickey Mouse of John Hughes characters, where he's there's nothing bad about him. He's just kind of like this inert guy, and and yeah. that, and like it's both in the writing and in the performance of Eric Stoltz. So it's not like he's bad. It's not like it's badly acted or even badly written. It's just that there's not much substance there. Oh, I'd say it's badly written. You think written. it's badly? Yeah, but yeah, uh, we'll talk about well, it. All we'll that. get to the end because I, if you want to talk about badly written characters, badly written character motivations, motivations, we'll get to the towards the last third of this movie because yeah. there's shit. Yeah, I have yeah, no yeah. idea what's going on, but yeah. Oh yeah. Oof, so uh, uh, <laughs> another dad. Wait. Another dad? Another dad shows up and punches the first dad. Oh, sorry. It's supposed to be another day. Yeah, it's the next day that they're, they're, they're driving to school. And his, him and his friend Watts are driving her shitty beat-up scrap car to school like real asshole. Yeah. She's wearing clothes that look like they've never been out of a closet before. They're all chunky and square that's and the th- that's, perfect. That's, it feels like a costume. So crisp and clean. I th- and everything about this character, because uh, like I said, everyone was like raving about how good the actress is. And the actress, not like the actress is like specifically bad. But this character's supposed to be so much more lived in and fucked up that, like, it feels like a Hollywood Shit. version of this kind of... Like, I understand what character ar- archetype they're going for, but it's way like, too the, fucking mall-esque. They're, they're both supposed to be poor, but the way they make him... You know he's poor is his hands are dirty, and the way that they make you know she's poor is... Association? Uh, she's I got a know. star tattoo on her collarbone that they drew on with a sharpie. Yeah. Like that's how you're supposed to know she's poor, and mm-hmm. it's the most yeah. It it does none of it feels legit, and that's what no. the whole movie has it really needs to hinge on, and it doesn't work. 
You just don't. At least maybe other people, me back in the day, bought it, but like, yeah, mm-hmm. me. Oh, I know my one of my older sisters watched this movie a lot. Yeah. Well, see, I could see as a kid, as a little kid watching this movie, you could buy it because you know you don't know how people work or anything like that. But now being me, like, me watching, being as a forty-year-old watching this for the first time, and especially like I said with Watts, knowing people, having known people like Watts is supposed to be in real life. And kind of going, mm-hmm. oh yeah, this is kind of the squeaky clean Hollywood cartoon version of that that does not yeah. read as being legit at all. It's just not not, not that hey. I want to be like tomboy dyke hipster, but like it's just like I understand who these characters are supposed to be, but it, yeah, it's it's a little too squeaky clean. Yeah, they do some character development for them. She drives him every day because he doesn't have a car. He cares about his grade because dad cares about his grades. She doesn't have a dad. They're friends together forever. I... They get stopped by a middle-aged skinhead <laughs> who lets them go. Okay. Yeah, and he but, says he says a bad homophobic slur, which in well, these he, days... first he calls he calls her a lesbian. So they argue, and Keith has to step in, and, and they say the f eighties f word, and they almost fight. But the beard teacher swoops in and says, "This is also a problem with some John Hughes movies too." Is like. It feels like these this this is like the first day of school and all these characters are meeting for the first time. Whereas all these yeah. people, like if, especially if they're about to graduate, because that's the whole thing mm. with Eric Stoltz's character. He's supposed to be about to go off to college, so he has to pick a school. Like all these characters should already be aware of each other, and they're acting like they just met like fucking uh, Casey Jones for the first time. Yeah. And it's, it, it's not a lived-in universe, which is weird. Yeah, and which is a problem in yeah. some other John Hughes movies, well, even just teen comedies in general, but. Yeah. The teacher pulls out uh, some cigarettes from him, <laughs> and he's like, like those part. aren't mine, and then he pulls out booze, he's like, I was holding that for somebody, and then he pulls out nudie cards, and he's like, ah, oh, your wife gave me those, and he's <laughs> like, ah, oh, detention for you. And he does, and fucking Casey Jones says that with enough of a smile, it is, it is a funny, but 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 yeah. Yeah, it's almost like he's the only good character in this movie. Yeah, well, he's got well the same character. Old Bender from uh, uh, the Breakfast Club is pretty much the same thing, where he like he gets all the best. No, characters. because he's a good character in this movie. <laughs> oh god, I hate you. <laughs> Just because you have so, proper taste and 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 perspective, god damn it. So, Keith and Watts are sent on their way, and uh, they don't get the tension or anything because I. I, they're the good characters. They're the hero characters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Later, Keith stares at the hot girl in her huge hair from a <laughs> distance and draws her while she talks to her boyfriend, who tripped and fell right out of an episode of Miami Vice. Yeah, well, it's the linen jackets. That's totally the James mm-hmm. Spader school. Rolled like, up sleeves. Yeah, and shit. fucking the poofy uh, shoulder pads and yeah, poofy hair. Yeah, her hair. He just. This first scene with her, where she really get a good look at Leia she really has her hair tousled. Looks like she's gonna go to a, uh, a White Snake concert after after school. Yeah. Uh, hey, since I saw, <clears throat> I, I when did Back to the Future come out? Nineteen eighty five. So since I was a wee babby when Back to the Future came out, <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, Leia Thompson's always seemed like she's like forty years <laughs> old to me. Oh, which is terrible, because I think she's actually, like, she's, I think she was, like, 18 when they made, she was actually carried, although I think in this, no, actually, no, I was reading something, she's actually 26 when they're filming this. Mm. So, two years earlier, would she would have been 22, wait, how does math work? I'm sorry, I don't so know, man, <laughs> you ahead. got it, though. You had a question, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying, she's always seemed like a middle-aged woman to me, because... I 
I was Babby when I first saw her, and I was like, well, she's old. Yeah, well, see, everything I saw, well, she was old, I mean, of course, because I was only 10 in 1985, like so were... she always seemed like an older woman to me, because she actually was, but she never seemed, like, artificially older than the character she was supposed to be playing, though. It's like you when you see, like, uh, um... Uh, Clint Eastwood when he's like 19 and you're like, well, he's definitely 72 in this exactly. movie. Well, that's the thing. There was something I've seen. So, uh, what was it? Like the writers from The Simpsons were horrified. Like it was one of the commentaries for The Simpsons. They were recording in an episode where it's pointed out that Homer Simpson's supposed to only be 36 years old. And they were yeah. laughing because when they were writing that episode, they were like in their 20s and they were like, oh, Homer Simpson's such an old dude. And they're like, Oh god, we're both like in our fifties now, <laughs> and we're and we were writing this like Homer Simpson was supposed to be thirty six, and we thought he was supposed to be so, such an old man, and they're like, mm -hmm. how is Homer only thirty six years old? That's horrifying. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's the other thing. The, one of the bad bits of trivia I read about this movie was, I guess this movie uh, after fucking Molly Ringwald turned down the character of Amanda Jones, I guess they then offered it to Leah Thompson. Who turned it down because her she was starring in the big new hit Howard the Duck and Space mm -hmm. Camp. She had two movies coming at the Ooh. same time that were guaranteed to be hits. Of course, they came out. Both those movies failed for entirely different reasons. And so she, and then she was like, do you guys still have that some kind of wonderful script I could be in? And so she had to come crawling back to the producers and they put her in this movie. So I feel kind of bad for her. I mean, she still made it in the end, but like, I still love. Yeah. I still got. I like Leia Thompson. Everything. She's like on Twitter. And I didn't stuff. say anything bad about her. I just say <laughs> Risha's always seemed old as hell. She's one of the few people from the '80s who's actually turned out to be like a legitimately cool person. It seems, and not like some kind of secret horror show. But mm -hmm. yeah, anyway. So anyhow, Keith just fucking stares at her like a real creepo. As her boyfriend yeah. annoys her, but they love each other. She's like, eh. <laughs> Are they already Fucking setting up the thing where whatever. he's already, like, macking on other ladies and not even trying to really hide it yet? He's okay. just booping her on the nose while she's trying to study and stuff. Yeah. And shockingly, she notices the dude staring at her like a crazy person. <laughs> the the, uh, the seven-foot-tall redhead dressed like a mechanic at the next table stared glaring at her <laughs> for 20 minutes, yeah. Yeah, and also the boyfriend notices whatever. And then Keith's dad is at school talking to a guidance counselor lady or whatever about where his son's going to go to college. And she's like, maybe he should go to an art school. He's very talented. His dad's like, no, but real job, though. And she's like, he's so creative. And he's like, da, da, da. In this movie, I'm here to stifle that aspect of his character and beat him down. So we won't be doing that. Um, did I ever see what his dad does? <coughs> no. Like, for a living? I did notice, no. like, I'm watching it now, um... Uh, when I first watched this too, I noticed that he's got like a, he's wearing like a sports blazer, but he's got like a pocket protector with a whole bunch of pens in his pocket, just like a mm -hmm. mechanic would wear, or at least an mm. engineer or something like that. So they, I thought that was kind of like costuming good shorthand just to show that like he, he's used to like practical stuff. Like he's not afraid to show up at the school meeting with like, like a, like a fucking like mechanics little uh, pocket protector in his pocket. Um, mm. so yeah, I mean, my, yeah. My mom made my dad throw away his pocket protector when they got married. See, that's the uh, and I guess this guy managed to keep his. He always had pens in his pocket, but he was not allowed a pocket pockets? protector. Or pens in his pocket. Yeah. Pen is, yes. Yeah, I was going to say, that's why would you put pens in your pocket unless you love the sensation of... Mm, <laughs> like, so, anyhow, he's... Sadist. He's like, okay, thanks, bye. And he goes walking down the halls and he sees his daughter in a classroom, knocks out the window, and says, duh. <laughs> and she screams. That's funny. That is funny, which is what, and like, yeah, this has nothing to do with the plot. It's just a fun, dumb moment, yeah. 
Well, it's yeah. great, too, because, like, that, oh, this is also the one... I don't know how, because I was telling the story about how John Hughes, like, like broke up with Chris Columbus because they wouldn't film in a completely unrelated movie and he had no input on in Chicago. This is the one, uh, uh, John Hughes teen comedy that doesn't even take place in Chicago. It takes place in, uh, L.A. But mm. I, his dad puts on a hat and he's totally got, like, a Chicago little pork pie hat. So I love his character supposed to be, like, somebody right out of Chicago, too, but anyway. Keith is painting some bullshit. Here's some noises in the school hallway. And since there's rarely, so rarely, people talking in the school hallways, he goes and checks it out. Why, it happens to be Miami Vice out there macking on some lady that isn't the lady from Back to the Future. Oh, he even gives her okay. a smooch right as his actual girlfriend Amanda rolls up. And he's like, I don't know what you saw, but you didn't see it. She was just a little sister of my best friend who's in a coma. So I had to comfort her with smooches and car crash. And man, how can you be so beautiful and so insecure at the same time? And he says, trust and puts his class ring on her finger, kisses her friend and her kisses her forehead and leaves. Smooth? Yeah. That had to be the worst cover in the histories of covers. Movies expect us to work. Yeah, and, expect and us I don't to know if this is supposed to be work. like the first day Ugh. she's ever find out this guy's a creep, or if this has been going on for a while. Presumably it's been going on for a while. Presumably this is the first time she's caught him kissing on a lady again. It's kind of a movie situation where it seems like this is the first day all Right in front of her locker, yeah, by the that's... <laughs> I don't understand how this relationship was going on up until this point because, well, this whole movie takes place over the course of like two days. So I don't understand how all these characters' relationships were functioning up until this weekend because everything seems to be kind of reaching ahead at the, at the same time. But like, yeah, she suddenly just now is just realizing this guy's a fuckhead creep that that's gaslighting mm -hmm. her. Um, yeah, yeah, and so. then he leaves, she looks around, sees Keith, and he says, give her a two-finger salute and leaves. Yeah. Nailed it, my dude. By two-finger salute, you're not talking about the thing where he puts the two fingers up in a V to his mouth and makes the pussy-eating gesture. No, that's what he did. He, like, points at her and winks and goes, eh, me and you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Later, at his job, he asks Watts if she knows uh, who, about Amanda, even though it seems like he's been obsessed with her forever, so uh, I guess it's yeah, a new thing? Yeah, that's the because th this is... His infatuation with Amanda seems to be completely news to Watts. That, mm -hmm. Again, this is another thing where the characters just don't seem like they existed until the movie started. Even though they're the best of friends. Yeah, and they've been best friends since they were, like, two years old or whatever, yeah. And she's like, nah, 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 nah. She only cares about money, and you only care about her because she's hot. And he says, nah, 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 nah. She lives in our neck of the woods, a.k.a. Poorsville. I do like Which, Watch she, calls it, he, she lives in our sector. Which I thought was yeah. kind of a fun science fiction way to put it, but yeah. But she says, yeah, but she only hangs out with rich people. The beautiful and the rich. And he says, well, you can't judge a book by a cover. And she says, yeah, but you can tell much how, how much it's going to cost. Uh. That is simultaneously both a good comeback and also the sweatiest, like, I, I can totally see John Hughes yeah. having, like, thought of that while waiting in line at the bank, like, three years before he made this movie. And he's like, I gotta write that down. That's such a good comeback. I gotta put that somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, another day, Amanda's dropped off at school or tennis practice or whatever by Miami Vice. It's the song about her plays. And Keith is, of course, are they listening to standing the on some bleachers there to leer at her. Oh, okay. Oh, and you skipped the teachers. part where they also, uh, the, it's not mm. a huge thing, but it's the first time, uh, fucking 
Keith meets Bad Guy is, like, after they have the conversation with Watts, Bad Guy just happens to drive up in his fancy car. No, I didn't skip that. Oh, really? Wait, did I? I'm watching it now. This takes place before the bleacher scene. Oh, yeah, I scrolled too far. Sorry. Oh, okay. No, but it's just the first so, time they... Yeah. Yeah. He pulls up and uh, tells him to fill it up and also check his oil because it's apparently 1952 and we're still doing the full service yeah. thing. And this is also literally five minutes after after Watson and Marty McFly have just had this conversation about these two characters that they didn't seem to meet until just today. Yeah. And he's like, do a good job. I'll make you check my tires too. Don't look at my property. And <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Stop. And he's like, mind your own. And then he gives a Keith a 20. 10 for the gas, 10 for the looks. And he drops it on the floor before leaving. But ooh, Keith kept his dipstick. That'll mildly inconvenience him the next time he wants to check his oil levels, which for sure he never does. (laughs) Well, obviously not. Oh, so the dipstick comes with a car? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay, because I thought maybe the dipstick. Because I was wondering why. That's how you check Because they oil linger oil. on the fact that like uh, Keith throws the dipstick in the garbage can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, why is he suddenly angry? I, I thought that was like something. The dipstick would would be a piece of equipment he already would have at hand. No, the only thing he's done is inconvenience yeah. the next person that's gonna work on on this dude's car. Yeah. It's not like he can't afford a fifteen dollar dipstick. If anything, he should have like fucking dumped a bunch of certs into his uh, oil tank or something like no, that. No, all he needed to do was unscrew the oil cap, and oil would have sprayed all over the his, the, his engine. Oh, touche, touche. Mm-hmm. You're already a better writer so, than John Hughes. <laughs> Yeah, I did it. So, Achievement unlocked. Like I said, not very difficult to achieve. <laughs> she gets dropped off at tennis practice or whatever by her boyfriend, and oh, yeah. the Keith is there leering on some bleachers for just being a huge creep. And the gen teacher's like, "Hey, I know you went skip class to bang that dude in that hot car. Two weeks of detention for you." And then Keith gets an idea, and he breaks the glass in case of a fire, so he can get detention as well. He decides that he's gonna get fast food and disguise it as his own cooking, and mm-hmm. then S- Super Nintendo Chalmers says, "Skinner." So he puts on his best cosplay of a kid wearing his dad's suit. So when he goes I to detention, I don't understand why he's suddenly getting dressed up for detention. Because he thinks she's gonna be there. Oh, yeah. Well, and then, yeah, he That's goes... why he's wearing the five sizes too big jacket. Well, there's easier ways to get to talk to her. Anyway, so yeah, he goes to detention. But there's nothing but misfits in there. Oh, no. Who could have seen... Oh, I can't believe there's nothing but the bad kids in detention. There's black people. The first black people to ever show up at a John Hughes movie are suddenly in detention. Yeah. I can't believe it. The only black people in this movie, and they're in detention. Yeah, it is great, because yeah, there's two black guys. One guy's who's, like, fucking Ice Cube, gang, like, L.A. gangster rap guy. And there's, like, I swear to God, I thought it was Biz Marquee. Um, John Hughes, the first racist man out of Chicago. I was thinking about, like, well, okay, what, what, what makes this difference than... And fucking pretty in pink, and I was like, "Oh shit, that's right." It doesn't have the fucking. I mean, may, obviously that shit's racist, but at least it doesn't have a fucking like Italian guy falling out of a, a tree with like ravioli falling out of his pockets, going, "It's a me." <laughs> some kind of random Italian, the, fucking racist stereotype of some nationality. The dudes in detention 
would be better served in a detention scene of a movie parodying John Hughes That's movies. kind of what it is. Well, Spin, then you got fucking Casey Jones is there. You got, like, this, this dude with a trashy, like... Wispy mustache, kind of doing a sneer. He's a like fake he's like sneer. a roadie from like from from like fucking White Snake again. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> and yeah, two black guys yeah, and it's yeah, and it's Casey Jones. It's part of part of those four yeah. guys, you know. Which I guess is yeah. their own gang. They all hang out together because all of, everybody from detention shows up as a gang at the end of the movie. Like, mm-hmm. so it's not like these are a bunch of random assorted people in, in but like, <sighs> Amanda's not there. She's the only girl to ever get detention because she got out of it because she's hot and uses it to gross tee hee hee. I'm just a sweet little girl on some creepy teacher to get out of detention altogether. Yeah. I did. And like, it was interesting. So I was trying to get a handle on what, like, what kind of person is Amanda Jones? Because like, she's, the movie she's, doesn't know. What's that? The movie doesn't know. I know. Actually, I think the movie... Actually, I think Amanda Jones is the most interesting, most well-rounded character in the whole goddamn movie. To the point that I wish this movie was actually about her rather than Eric Stoltz's mm. character. Uh, I, 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 I think the fact that they don't like paint her as a specific villain wanna... is actually the most interesting thing that the movie does. And this is probably Wait. the most fucked up thing she does in the movie where she uses her sex to get out of detention. But... You'd prefer that over a movie about milk toast. Oh yeah. Wow, weird. Also, well, of course, that big shocker. <laughs> Bill Martin says the movie should have been about Leia Thompson's character rather than everyone else. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, so anyhow, Watts and Keith are having banter later and elsewhere, <laughs> and he's bitching about the name how of the that chapter one... stop is having banter. Yeah, yeah, that 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 one boyfriend guy is a dick and he treats Amanda so bad and Watson's like yeah she obviously gets off on it and he's like you don't know how it feels and she's like yeah I do and he says oh so you've been in love before like, shut up you wait you're not in love you piece of shit yeah well and this is like he can't go to college he's got brain damage has Watts had to do this with every girl that like the fucking Keith has fallen in love with or is this literally the first time Keith's ever like found a girl that he crushed on because you think this, like, the they, they should have at least brought this up, or, like, like, it's, again, it's like these characters didn't exist before the movie started. It's hard, uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, so, at detention, CSI is carving stuff on his desk. <laughs> Kim and Keith wordlessly bond over their love of art that Nancy ends. Uh, although I do like when fucking Casey Jones is like, I drew a picture of my girlfriend without skin. That's later. Oh, yeah? Oh, okay. Yeah. At detention, or, I'm sorry, I just did that. <laughs> In the... In the locker rooms, because it's illegal for a teen movie in the 80s to not oh, have a locker yeah, room scene. okay, yeah, I forgot about this. Watts looks at Amanda in her baggy-ass underwear, and the movie implies she, she wishes she had... She has got like, it is, like, fucking <laughs> go sailing with those panties. Yeah. yeah. The movie implies she wished she had a body like her, even though they look like they're built exactly the same. Exactly, yeah. And then some random girl we've never seen before, we'll never see again, is like... Are those boys' underwear? I've never seen a girl in boys' underwear before. Her surf, surf, and Watts is like, I'll stab you with this this drumstick in your nose. And then that scene ends. Great, fantastic. Yeah, Much needed. You did film. it. Yeah. Also, her reply when the girl's like, like, oh, are you gonna really? Oh God, she says something about like, are you really gonna shove the thing up my nose? Her, she says, is that a threat? And she's like, it's a warning. She's, instead of, it's a warning. It should have been, you want to come here and find out? That should have been the point. Mm. I'm just saying. Mm. 
Yeah, we should just do punch up on John Hughes. <laughs> on movie, Dead Man's but we'd rewrite the whole place. thing. Go back in time. Still yeah. Eric Stoltz's DeLorean, yeah. Keith continues stalking Amanda, who comes across her boyfriend macking on another girl again, and she's like, nah, 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 we done, maybe, I don't know. That's... And he's like, ah, yeah. if you don't date me, then where are you gonna go? And Keith said from the other side of the road, says, hey, Amanda, come here. <laughs> I love you. I, I see her with you. your boyfriend who th- will threaten to beat me up, but come here, I want to ask you out. The smartest thing this movie did was make Amanda Jones poor, because this, as mo- much as this movie doesn't work if she had been exactly as rich as everyone else is in the movie well as as rich as the bad guys are in this movie like none of this would make sense the only thing that makes her makes her character make sense is the fact that she's poor so she feels obligated to cling on to this rich kid even though he's obviously fucking her over presumably with other rich girls so she like she has nothing to fight back with she's she's kind of stuck clinging to this asshole even though it's obvious she's like that's the other thing this movie definitely paints amanda jones as being smart enough to realize exactly how fucked up the situation is but she's just stuck in it just because she can't oh and that's the thing she learns at the end of the movie is how to stand alone but it's still just aggravating to watch but anyway but yeah so she mm-hmm. talks to keith yep and he says i'm very smart i will ask you out in front of your boyfriend that i don't know that you might be breaking <laughs> up know, with possibly like, jesus christ dude yeah, like, ever not- since that oil pan fell on my head when I was under that car, I've done I've done the smart things. He's got the big fucking dent in his head to show it, like, hey, hey, hey. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe Watts was it's, like. So we're half an hour in, and something finally happens. He asks her out on a date while Watts is there, looking all sad. I do like <gasps> the. F- I th- I think that the person she was talking about earlier that she said she was in love with is him. <gasps> oh, what a no. twist. Um, oh, no. I, the, one of the few things I do think this movie does right is the fact that, like, they don't make a meal out of the, out of him asking her out. Especially, which is funny, because, like I said, the whole genesis of this movie was a screenplay about this guy who spends all this, all this, like, energy trying to just drum up the courage to ask a girl out. I do like, he's just mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, you wanna go out? And she says, oh, okay, yeah, let's do that. And that's it. There's no... Hey, is Eric Stoltz handsome? <laughs> yeah, no, if... <laughs> Let's put it this way. If you were to turn him into marble and give him a decent haircut, he could be like a Romanesque like statue somewhere. Because he's got the chin and everything like that. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean... He's not ugly. I know... Yeah. But you know what the thing that makes and, him... And, like, you know what the and, thing that makes it questionable, though? He talks like George Lucas. Because he's like, hey, do you want to go out? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just... Because girls hate artistic handsome guys right is that so i can't i'm not an artistic handsome guy so i can't tell you yeah <laughs> um i mean well, that's the terrible thing because he's, he's obviously like yeah this dude eric stoltz is like seven feet tall he's obviously not like ripped or anything like that but he's a handsome dude and it's not like mm-hmm. it's not like he's, he's like at least ducky from pretty in pink he was enough of a fucking idiot you can tell you can easily understand why he has a hard time going out with anybody Whereas, like, fucking yeah. Eric Stoltz is so just, like, so chill and self-possessed. Like, how is he not, like, I Yeah, could... but he, mm, he's got grease under his That's fingernails. The th- oh, no. He got a job that, like, actually involves manual labor, but... One of his toenails is Bruce <laughs> from that thing that fell off. That's him. And he's a fucking hideous freak show as a result of that, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. And that's the other thing, because there's no, like, defects or interesting things about Eric Stoltz's character. In fact, he's so self-possessed and so self-aware. He's probably maybe the most self-aware 
character I've ever seen in a John Hughes movie where it almost seems like as yeah. a character he has already read the script so he knows exactly what he's supposed to do he's like he never yeah, seems that... to worry about anything like Amanda has character growth in this he doesn't grow no! as a character at all his one character thing of character growth is he walks out of the rich guy's mansion at the end has a random randomly edited in flashback to having a kiss <laughs> and suddenly he goes oh I guess this is part of the movie where I'm supposed to fall in love with Watts for absolutely mm-hmm. no reason whatsoever yeah and Watts doesn't so, have any character. She just pines the whole time. So the only yeah, Amanda yeah. Jones is like technically the the real main character of this movie because she's the only one who actually has any meaningful plot plot yeah character growth in this movie. So anyway, yeah. So Amanda tells her friend that guy that dork over there asked me out on a date, and I said yes. And I well, I'm sorry. She says, and I say yes, and she <laughs> looks at her now ex boyfriend as she says it. Yeah. I don't know. So that'll show him. And then later, Keith has breakfast with his family where he can't stop smiling because he hasn't had much to smile about lately. But now he's got a date with a girl and he's going to go out just to spite her ex, I guess. And the whole school's talking about it. Also, and he still hasn't applied to college. Yeah, well, of yeah. course, his dad is still like, did you apply to college yet? Despite the fact that they just had, had, had this conversation literally like eight hours ago. It's like, Dad, <laughs> yeah. I, last time we talked about this, I went upstairs and went to bed. I could not well, have applied to any more I'd, colleges. I'd say, I'd say, obviously, if he doesn't keep riding Keith, his son will not do anything. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Keith is so inert. <sighs> And like, well, it's also I'm watching this now. I also call bullshit because this they're doing this family breakfast thing, which I've never seen or heard of in real life, where everyone somehow mm. manages to get up early enough in the morning that everyone manages to have like orange juice and milk and bacon and eggs at the Just dining a room plate table. of bacon, and it's like full sunlight out the day before everyone's supposed to go off to work at school. I've never seen this happen in real life, no. or anyone's ever had like no. a family breakfast like this. Because usually, in my, in my experience, everyone's maybe scram- like Mormons. Yeah, it like or if you <laughs> work it. on a farm where you can set your own hours. But in my experience, everyone's just scrambling before dawn to get out of the house, and then like the kids are going off to school, parents going off to different jobs. Everyone's like yeah. maybe like you're having M and M's that you found in well, your. Well, the coat mom's pocket still in her robe, so you know she doesn't. She's a stay at home. <sighs> yeah, mom. but that's that's not a sp- anything specific to this movie. That's just a, like a pop culture like movies. She's like they, they didn't develop my character enough to worry about giving me a job. I'm just here, just so the audience doesn't wonder whether or not the mom's dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this the scene? No, so, it's dinner later where she's like the little sister's like, "Oh yeah, Amanda Jones is pure sex, right?" That's not this scene. I can't remember. I didn't write that part down. Oh, okay. Because they have a conversation detention. about like he when he reveals to the family that he's going on a date with Amanda Jones. Yeah, the little sister has to explain to everyone else who Amanda Jones is. Yeah. In detention, the skinhead shows Keith a drawing oh, okay. of what his girlfriend would look like without skin, and that he he lets him know that he's about congratulations on getting a date with Amanda and now day friends because anytime somebody steals a lady from somebody like Hardy which is the rich Miami Vice guy it's a reason to yeah, celebrate it's a little yeah. weird how suddenly like they, like the things turn between uh, Casey Jones and, and Back to the Future yeah he's a good skinhead I now I just realized there's two Back to the Futures in this movie <laughs> that'll be right extra confusing right. at the end of the movie when i'm like and then back to the future says to back to the future are you fucking <laughs> with me <laughs> yeah exactly yeah oh, okay Shut up, so uh elsewhere some real dork is hitting on watts <clears throat> he mentions his mom is a plumber and she says that explains a lot what so okay uh, it's in the utterance she, like yeah she's using the real life human beavis and butthead to make keith <laughs> jealous it doesn't work 
He just wants that's to borrow our, his car. This guy, I've seen this guy in other movies, and he's always like this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a really good explanation for what this guy looks like. Yeah. And now, these messages. I'm going out with a girl tonight, and she's beautiful, and everybody's in love with her, and she's going out with me. I just want you to get off the dime and think about your future. She's beautiful, and obviously in the middle of some emotional shootout to consent to date the human tater tot. This is 1987. Did you know that a girl can be whatever she wants to be? I know. My mom's a plumber. I'd recommend you keep your eyes and your mind off my property. Cut it out. Bunch of my own business. Really, it must be a drag to be a slave to the male sex drive. I didn't say anything about sex. Oh, want to start a book club with her? Anytime somebody from the outside lifts a woman from a guat like Jen's, man, we could all find cause to rejoice. You walk out on me, where are you gonna go? I want to show this girl that I'm as good as anybody else. I know how you feel. You've been in love before. There's a lot of things you don't know about me. He got a shot to be the first guy in his family who didn't have to wash his hands after a day's work. Break his heart and break your face. Do you miss me, Keith? Do you miss not being around me? This isn't the third grade anymore. Oh, you're only 18 years old. Then I'm 19, then I'm 20. When does my life belong to me? He just wants to borrow her car so he can give Amanda a ride home in that piece of shit. Yeah. And I know you're used to getting a ride home in some fancy Rolls Royce or whatever, but maybe you'd like to ride home on the back of the trash lady from Labyrinth. How has there only been a half an hour of this movie? I'm watching it now, and I can't believe... Because, like, I don't... The pl actual plot of this movie takes up, like, 20 minutes of the movie, but, yeah. Uh, this starts the whole thing of, like, he... Yeah, he offers her a ride home. She doesn't want to, really, but her friend's like, do it so you can tell him that the date was an accident you don't want to do it. So he runs off to get the car and pull around. I like he just vanishes well, for 20 minutes, though. He doesn't come back, and Amanda's yeah. like, what the hell's going on? He doesn't come back. She getting impatient. Uh... Her friend's telling her, you just used him. And she's like, I didn't. It was just bad circumstances. When her friend's like, whatever. Unless you do like him, then you could go out with him. And she smiles kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> but he can't get Watt's car to start. If only he knew a mechanic. I hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> that is actually a really good fucking point. Oh, especially because if anything, because like, why would if anything, if 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 Watts's best friend is a car mechanic, would this car not be in better repair in general? Like, mm -hmm. even aside from being able to repair, well, I mean, who knows how what's wrong with it? Whether or not you'd be able to repair it on the spot. But like, why do we find out what's wrong with it? Well, yeah, you think the carrot that like the one thing he can do for Watts and turn for everything is he does for her, especially like driving this car to driving him in this car would be to help keep the car. Uh, I mean, it's a teen comedy. Not the logic is not really supposed to enter into it too much, but that's a very, very, very good point. 
Anyway. She gets impatient waiting for him and goes to see what the holdup is. And then her friend, Sean, Shane, yeah. is there and is like, get in my Jeep! And then Amanda jumps in and then she's like, come on! I do like he that. Says, cute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All while the evil Hardy watches from behind a chain link fence. And then they're driving in this Jeep with no top. And he's like, because <laughs> he can't hear nothing in the back of the Like, guys, have you guys never, ever sat in the back seat of an open air vehicle? You can never hear what anyone's going to get. Exactly. Yeah. Well, he says, all oh, your earrings are so pretty. And she's like, they're my friend. And then for no reason, she's like, they're real. Dude, okay, okay, cool. So wait, she borrowed those earrings from the lady who's driving the car, right? Because that's uh -huh. the plot point later is that, like, he buys... Yeah. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. She doesn't back out of the date because she's not like that. She's too nice or probably too much of a doormat. Whatever. Something, something. And her friend is like, well, new boyfriend, I guess. That's not how it works. They haven't even gone on a date yet. Yeah. Also, so Keith's sis does her friend not realize what a fucking piece of shit her current boy boyfriend is? Because, like, it's not that... No, he's handsome and rich. That's all that matters in these Because her friend is a fellow rich person too which also becomes a little bit of a plot point later because they start turning against amanda all the rich people start turning against amanda right yeah i guess there's something I like guess? that because like there is something uh, fucking yeah movie. we'll get to that yeah. and uh, he goes inside keith's little sister pops up and says hey did oh no we have a home in the hamptons whatever oh he's, when she's she goes, all freaked out because she can't believe that he's hanging out with rich people well, she doesn't want them to think they actually live in the poor That's, neighborhood. Which actually does become a plot point later, because her, his little sister's obsession with not, like, uh, with them not finding out how poor they're, well, that's not even they're poor, they're fucking totally average, middle class, yeah. fucking having breakfast at, like... John Hughes doesn't know what how poor people live. That's that's one of the weird things, too, because this is the one John Hughes movie that's specifically about class issues. And He's even like, he poor fucks people only have... Poor people only have five bedroom houses, right? <laughs> that's what the kind of house they love. The quote unquote poors. It's just totally like normal middle class. It's not even poor. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. I, I, do we see Watts' no. house and she's actually living in like a, in a six bedroom mansion? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So when she mentions talking to them, Keith gets mad and tries to assault her. I love him, family. Yeah. So the dork guy is pushing Watt's car to the gas station for her, so the mechanic wasn't able to tell that the car was out of gas. <laughs> he is, is a very shitty mechanic. <laughs> well, there's a reason why he's super, like, because mechanics can actually make pretty good money if you know what you're doing, and in, in, yeah. you're in the right, like, if your business is run right. So there's, maybe this explains why, like, Keith is... Also, I guess Keith should just be... It, this almost kind of suggests that he has his own, like, mechanic business, because we never see him working under anyone else. you think he would just be no, a mechanic he at also a mechanic has shop. To, he also has to fix the cars and pump the gas. It's, there's only He's the only one ever Exactly, there. yeah. Like, it's just, it's like the lemonade stand version of, of a mechanic shop, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus. It's almost like, so, I know it's a Hollywood movie, but still, <laughs> a little, these little weird things kind of build up. Yeah. Yeah. He's painting and it looks like hot garbage. Well, you, we don't you get only a catch a glimpse of it, painting, but man. But like you could you could get an idea what You could tell. Yeah, you could tell. Uh -huh. He's got all these reference photos of Leah Thompson from Space Camp and fucking back to the Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> One of her banging in a duck. <laughs> it's actually he's painting a photo of her banging the duck. That's why that's where the real reason reason why he hides on the painting as soon as someone shows up. She what a mm, weird So Hardy movie. Hardy they, 
Oh my god. Huh? What a weird fucking movie. This and Howard <laughs> Duck. Oh my We're gonna have to talk about Howard the Duck. So the 80s were bizarre. Bizarre. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, sure. So Hardy comes in and is like, hey, I just wanted to invite you to the party at my house on Saturday. You could totally trust me. I was going to break up with Amanda anyway, and you talked to her. And I, I talked to her and said, yeah, she wants to come by the house for the party. Yeah, cool, cool. I have a face you can trust. Totally not punchable. <laughs> with my giant five-foot hair and my linen jacket. And he kind of gaslights and even Keith a little bit, too. He's like... I'm, I'm, I'm one, I'm, I'm, I'm the one who's in trouble, I'm, I'm, I'm the one getting screwed over here, I'm the one being nice by inviting this mm -hmm. guy who's trying to steal my girlfriend away from my party, why, why would I ever have any problem with you? And I do like, Keith is like, of course you would have a problem with me, when the guy's just like, yeah. don't worry, I don't have a problem with you, it's it pretty much, it pretty much takes, tells Keith to take it on faith that he's not gonna beat him up, and of course it turns out, I, <laughs> Keith is absolutely I'd correct. I'd say who in their right mind would go to their party, but Keith is not in his right mind. No, and that leads into why none of the stuff at the end of this movie makes any sense, but yeah. And then suddenly some lady that got shot with Homer's makeup <laughs> gun is singing a song in the middle of a club. I'm watching this right now, that is a perfect description. It's, I love how your notes are detailed enough that like, I, like if I had those notes, I would not even have to be re-watching this goddamn movie. So, Jesus. it's the middle of the night or something. Oh, this is also, lots... this is something, was it, Pretty in Pink, where, like, everyone's, like, even all these high schoolers are able to go to this, like, late yeah. night club? Yeah. So, it's the middle of the night, and Watts is headed into this club. Or, at it's at least nighttime. Yeah. And then, and Keith is inside, waiting for Amanda. She she didn't really agree to go there, but he invited her. This I don't know, what does date, that mean? Right? This makes no sense. Like, he's just waiting for her, thinking that she might show up here, but there's no... Yeah. Because this is... They're, they're not... It's not the date. The date is later. Yeah. That's, no. Okay. I guess. Yeah. But I guess this is so a club she, where they always Watts, hang out, because Watts knows to go here. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, hey, Amanda doesn't love you. It's all one big joke. And he said, how do you know? Which his response should be, of course she doesn't love me. We haven't even gone on a fucking date yet, you crazy, crazy person. But she, she thinks they shouldn't be around each other anymore because she, she's driving him crazy and, and he's driving her crazy. <laughs> it's weird that, away. like, Watts' argument is, like, this moral moral thing of, like, yeah, like, you're driving me crazy and I'm driving her crazy. And it's not just, like, the basic facts. Like, you barely know this woman. At least be a mm -hmm. little careful or be a little realistic about what's going on here. Instead of that, it's this whole... I guess yeah, it's, she's driven, like, it's... I, I, I get that she's not, like, thinking logically because her... You know, she's in love with Keith and so she's speaking more from the heart than from the head. But it's still just like... And I'm watching it now and she's totally, like, on the verge of crying. And, like, how does Keith yeah. not pick up on what's happening here? Brain Especially because Keith is so preternaturally smart about everything else that's happening in the movie. <laughs> like he read the script, but he's so blind to Watts being all like, I want to suck your dick from across it's, the street. Oh, my God. It's just, it's bad writing. It is. Speaking of, speaking of bad writing, I guess we traveled back in time to the afternoon. Yeah. I, well, and, yeah. Uh, and Hardy, Hardy... Hardy's waiting for Amanda outside of the locker rooms, where everybody is apparently changing clothes after their hard day of school. Yeah. As oh, you do. this is interesting. I just, uh, Amanda, she pops open her locker, and she's got all this ballerina stuff. I was just reading last night, mm -hmm. the, the Leia Thompson, she was originally a ballet dancer before she became a... Mm. Uh, she, she got, uh, was it Bolshevik? You would Bolshevik, know more about yeah. this. Like, I guess he was actually, she was actually part of, like, she got, like, personally fired by him. Because he was like, "You're too stocky, go away." And she's like, "Okay, I guess I'll become an actress now." So, Bolsheviks, the 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 uh, it's a ballet company in R Russia. 
Are you thinking of balancing? Balancing, maybe, yeah. Because it was stu- well, one of the words I've heard it was B, and she was like, uh. yeah. <laughs> I was like, that totally makes sense. Shut up, I hate your face. It's I fine, face. I guess. We so Hardy's waiting outside and he talks, tries to talk to her, but she goes inside and he follows her and they argue about getting back together. And she says she won't go to his party; he's just gonna beat up Keith if they go. And then the coach lady comes in and is like, "What did you do? We got of here!" And he's like, "Hey, hey, hey." I'm talking here. Okay, get out of here. This is supposed to be the he's fucking team. Like, what the, how is this kid not getting fucking... Oh, my God. I hate this. He should be getting his ass beat all the time. Yeah, well, and that... Who cares? You know what? Rich kids get beat up. Yeah. It happens. It's, it's yeah. Being rich is... And, well, and that's kind of like... Uh, if you're rich and you go to a suggests... public school, oh your God. money doesn't stop people from beating you Who's up. the gym instructor? I swear to God, the gym instructor seems like she's... She's very familiar, yeah. yeah she, I, I can't tell if she looks like somebody or she is somebody. Uh, there's a gym instructor in Hairspray that I thought she was. No, she's not even. Oh, she actually has been in a shit ton of stuff. Okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. Mm. Like most character actors, but... So the gym <laughs> yeah. teacher's like, get out of here, and and Amanda takes off the ring and throws it at her, uh, at Keith, and then he leaves, Not and the Keith, gym teacher's like, like fucking... in my office now, Amanda, but nothing comes of that. Um, I guess this is one of the things that John Hughes, when he would write a script, he would write it in three days. And also the scripts were so long that like whatever what actually wound up in the film was like only like a third of what was actually filmed. And so yeah. I guess there's like lots of little plot holes and uh, continuity errors that spring up by the fact that so much of the stuff. Is, so there may have been there, there could have been an Amanda Jones like scene that like yeah. this was leading up to or like, you know, where she's in the principal's office or something like that. But, yeah, who knows? So Keith's sister's hanging out with her friends talking about how cool she is now that Keith is eventually at some point in the movie i assume going to go out with amanda yeah, at some point did he, maybe did he ever even say when this date is he just asked her out on a date right but no specific yeah. like this saturday night although it is saturday but, night no. when it happens but yeah, yeah. Huh. and to prove she's cool she goes to hang out with the ex of the girl that her brother's gonna date but um. oh no he she overhears him say they're gonna beat keith up at the party perfectly she goes on she's about to open her mouth and say hey guys and she just like they're literally in the middle of okay see that girl over there who's about to come up and talk to me we're gonna beat the shit out of her brother on saturday night at like 9 p.m <laughs> yeah and because she goes oh no and then yeah and she goes home to talk to keith and he goes in she goes in his room and is like hey yeah it's all one big joke i heard hardy talking he just wants you to go to the party so he could beat you up and I guess also that means Amanda's using you. Yeah. Can we come to that conclusion too? Yeah. Cool. And this is the, this is actually the exact halfway point of the movie too. And this is what like what happens for the rest of the movie doesn't make a lot of sense. Keith's actions, no. knowing what he knows now, I have no understand why he does anything in the rest of this movie. It's baffling. It is. Yeah. I. So he yeah. sees she's serious, uh, and he's like, "Oh man, thanks for telling me." I'm still gonna do it. I'm gonna go to this party. Does he even say why? Because I know so, he doesn't like okay. the justification to Watts later why he's gonna keep on going through it, but... Well, okay, first, he, he sees that his sister's serious. Yeah. And, he, and he's very upset that he hired that guy that drew the end credits to Harry and the Henderson to draw a drawing of Amanda for him. <laughs> and he I goes hate over you to Watts. so much. I have not <laughs> thought about that. So that looks insane. <laughs> I, because that's totally the same guy who did that the aha video, right? Lean on me or whatever. 
Uh-huh. Oh my god, I totally forgot they did that for the end of the- That was such a schmaltzy thing. I look cool. Uh-huh. Oh my god, a total flat- I just- a total Ratatouille flashback to the end credits of <laughs> Harry- <laughs> Oh my god, holy- Whoa, okay, yeah, I didn't realize- Oh, I could've gone- I could've gone the easy route and done the take yeah, on me the take with on the, on the me, but like, video. that's- that's- no. I forgot no, no, that no. was a thing. I had not literally thought about that for over 30 years. That is the fact that it was even stored in my memory. Like you unlocked like a memory vault in my head, like Link with a like a fucking treasure chest in Zelda. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I can hear the do 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 chime. Oh my! And suddenly Harry and the Henderson flies out. Okay. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. <laughs> so uh, he goes oh, over to Watts' house where she's all sweaty playing the drums yeah. and he's like you were right, it's all a big joke they're gonna beat me up but here's the really stupid thing you wanna <laughs> hear the dumb thing Watts the really stupid thing, I'm still gonna do it and I'm gonna go to the party and I'm not gonna tell you why does he even justify it Why? Because as- if he wants to get me he's gonna get me and I wanna stand up to him <laughs> and by standing up to him I'm going to bankrupt myself to sh- to fuck with his ex-girlfriend in a way that he'll never even actually see. <sighs> like this is like so yeah. They cuddle on the bed in her musty, sweaty, sweaty room. Yeah. What is it? Also, she's all sad in that Dougie scene. lived in like a hovel with like just a mattress, and also fucking Watts like lives in a shed with like spray painted yeah. wall. Like what is it with like these love painting? Uh, third-rate characters in these John Hughes movies who, like, live in a shack in the woods with no, like, parents or anything like that. Because if you're poor, you have character, Bill. I guess the weirdest fucking thing, yeah. Anyway. So, another day, Keith hits up Amanda and is like, Hey, Saturday, when do you want me to pick you up? And she looks at her friends like, uh, and he's like, Well, you gotta look at your friends to figure out what time you want me to pick you up. Yeah, he's, like, he's, like, he's also um, now being way whenever, more... and he's like, okay, 7.30, yeah. call me if you've got a problem with that, and he leaves. Okay, dickhead! <laughs> he's being way more aggro now that he knows what's up. Well, and he's mm-hmm. also misinformed, because he doesn't that he realize thinks that... He, he thinks he knows what's yeah, up. Yeah, he thinks he knows what up, so he's being a little more of a dick to Amanda Jones about it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I hate her friends. So- her friends are stupid. Oh, yeah. and this is, oh, so this is her friends start to fuck with her because now they're like, well, she so literally she goes around. to talk to her yeah. friends and she's their friends are like, I like Mexico and they just ignore her. Why? I don't know. Because she's dating Keith. Literally. Because Hardy is evil. Well, I don't. Before, what? Before Keith shows up, they're having a conversation. They're having a fine time. But the moment that she turns to talk to Keith and turns back to them, th- that's when they're suddenly freezing her out. Like, mm-hmm. I, like, like I'll turn on a dime. And it is just like what it's the fuck? It's never explained. And so I don't know. She like like Amanda Jones is like she is crying and stuff like that, and she like leaves the school, and yeah, then she runs into fucking Hardy. Like she doesn't realize Hardy's and his car's gonna be parked right when she's gonna be leaving the school, and then mm-hmm. like he like smiles and kisses his fingers and does this whole like. Well, it's it's that thing that nobody in real life actually does. It's this purely an evil dude in a movie thing where he takes his two index, his middle, yeah, this middle, is... index and middle finger, kisses them to his lips and mine does I would it. love to be in this position sometime in life where I have the, some power over someone and fuck them over and they just have to run out of a building where I'm standing. <laughs> Even if I don't have a rich and fancy car to where I could be like, I could you know smile what, and be like, 
the next time you look out of your your window and you see your housemates <laughs> out on the lawn in the side yard, just just knock on the window <laughs> and do that, and put your fingers to get the window. Really, had some nice knives out. The house is mine now, and I just kissed them off. I just locked the doors and like, mwah. <laughs> oh my! Oh, this is the weird thing because like when she leaves too, it almost was like it's almost like Pee Wee's nightmare when, in Pee Wee's Big Adventure when like the clown steal his bike. Like how she gets all like, oh my god, I can't deal with everything that's going on. Suddenly now my actions have repercussions and blah blah blah. Well, not, actually not really, mm -hmm. because now suddenly all of her friends are turning against her just because... Well, she still has not technically broken up with Hardy, right? So is that why her I friends think are... they have? I don't, I don't know, know, man. They, they don't explain why her, her friends, friends are... Because her friends are being so catty, who you think, if anything, mm -hmm. they would be on her side because they see that Hardy's being such a fucking dickhead. But, like, they seem to be, like, fucking agents of her evil boyfriend that, like, they're the ones kissing her off while he's, like, waiting outside the school just to get, like, it's the weirdest fucking, fucking I don't, know, yeah. Man. So Keith pulled out all of his college savings. His dad's gonna kill oh, him. Oh, yeah, he's walking home with Watts saying, hey, uh, yeah, he's yep. explaining that he just went to the bank and took out of all of his money. Yeah. Yep. And him and Watts go and spend his savings on some diamond earrings for his joke date? I... What the fuck are they doing? You know what? Even if they had one scene where they showed him, like, getting the receipt to make sure he could return all this stuff, that would make... Why did he have to buy real diamonds? Have... This is... <laughs> what? My dick hurts. I don't know what's happening. It's, this is confusing. So this is one of those things where, like, was there deleted scene stuff that made any of this make sense? Or was there just, like, no, he's just something lost in translation between the screenplay? Because, like, you know, John Hughes didn't direct this. But, like, because it uh, fundamentally... People wonder, like, people are like, was like, John, I've seen some people, like, like even just... I, literally the moment this movie ended, I googled some kind of wonderful Keith's plan. Just to see if anyone else had talked about this online. No one else seems to talk about this. In fact, uh, there's a, a small number of people who claim this is like one of their favorite John Hughes films. And they always wonder why. And the reason why no one cares about this movie, everything else aside, is because emotionally the whole last half of this movie doesn't make any sense. Because it just doesn't like, there's you don't understand why, why Keith's doing any of this. And it just feels like plot things happening for the sake of plot things. But it, it, there's no emotional through fair through what's happening for the end of this movie it's just weird fucking but yeah we'll, we're this is gonna be a, our whole last talk of this movie the whole last half of this movie is just gonna be like what yeah mm -hmm. it, so anyway yeah so at the garage watts is like hey what if you have to kiss amanda let's practice uh -oh. i am a real girl and this is a real thing that would happen in the real world <laughs> Pretend I'm a man. What is now let's make out. to do to herself here? I again. I don't know. So they make out. She gets too juicy and pushes him off. And he's like, I gotta go. I gotta go I sit in like my Keith tub. Keith is like, well, was I good? And she's like, yeah, don't worry. You're fine. And like, yeah. Keith is, has no idea. Like, what's yeah. And he even points out like, oh, you're blushing. And she says, I'm blushing because, I don't know, farts are delicious. And then she just <laughs> runs screaming out of the room. And then Keith's like, me stupid. Me no understand yeah. how people work. Yeah. Human interaction new to me. God damn. If, me just artist. If he were just revealed that he was like one of the aliens from Cocoon who's just like trying to understand how humans work, that would make more sense than what's actually happening in this film. Yeah. So God, you know what? Anyone get... listening to this, seriously, get in touch with us. <laughs> if you if if you have a take on what's happening in this movie and why it makes sense to you, let us know because I am genuinely curious to see if anyone else has ever been as confused by this movie as it has been for us. But yeah. 
Montage of people getting ready for the last half an hour of this movie. <laughs> the detention misfits setting up a stage, bribing their way into his fancy dates, yeah. whatever. Keith's dad flushes the toilet, scalds him in the shower, and is like, hey, put some clothes on, we're gonna talk. So then it's time for the big parent argument scene that we need in the movie. His dad said, put the money back. Keith is like, I can't, I spend it. And dad says, you had no right to touch that money. And Keith said, I did, I earned everything in that money. And they yell. I like the dad that dad says, oh, where's the fucking money? Yeah. I don't want to go to college. That was your dream, not mine. And his dad says, okay, I'll listen to you. After fucking getting red that in the is... face. And Keith is like, I want to go on a date with a pretty girl. I don't fit in. I'm going to give you no reason why I blew all that money. You just got to trust me. And his dad is like, hmm, do you know any other father that will go along with this? And Keith's like, nah. And his dad's, and, and then he says, but you got to believe in me. And he says, ah, okay. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to replace the money. I wouldn't have done this without thinking about it. He knows what he's doing. What? Are you gonna tell us what you're doing, Keith? This is, and this is the mystifying thing. Is like, I feel like I'm in the dead shoes in this situation where I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And at no point does it ever clarify exactly what he's... Because it is completely mystifying. Like, fucking Keith comes this close to saying, hey, Dad, don't worry. I've read the script. I know how this movie ends. I guess it ends okay, I guess. But even though, like, even though I, I am out of all this money and all I got for it was what's... Like, I don't understand like we'll get to that i we're gonna do blah blah yeah. blah but like mm-hmm. i don't understand what his plan here is because okay we'll get to that well, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know okay. his dad says okay well you know his dad backs down his dad is like is okay you, but okay I'll, 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 oh my god okay yeah yeah just keep living in my house whatever this is a weird then. situation where i think the dad is almost too nice because like they're yeah. trying to set up it's this just... dad to be a little bit of a blowhard, but like he's a nice guy. But like the dad, mm-hmm. and, and and the fact that the dad he is turns on to a dime right by the no end of this sense. movie, it's yeah. the weirdest thing. His sister's outside the door. It's like, hey, it's just coming out to tell you, watch is downstairs. Good luck. We're all rooting for you. Yeah. And they pull up to Amanda's place with a fancy car. Which I guess, I guess, because they, Watts was leaning they against the car in the, in the, in the yeah. mechanic shop earlier. And, and he's like, that's a Rolls Royce, don't touch it. Yeah, so I guess, I'm assuming that's the Rolls Royce. He go, Yeah, he goes up and knocks on Amanda's door and she tells, her mom's like, when will you be home? And she's uh, did, uh, from off screen, because heaven forbid we hire another lady for this movie. <laughs> it's just John Hughes in a girl voice. And when you come back, Leah Thompson. She, she says, she's like, when are you going to be home? And she says, early. Oh, oh that's the cold. Gates knock Ouch. Oh. I, John, I, I would love to see Keith. Like, he's already, he's like actually at the door and he can hear them. He's like, fuck you. And he just throws, he just punches <laughs> her in the jaw and runs. She's impressed with the car. He says he borrowed it. Figured her ass was too precious for vinyl. That's a weird. <laughs> and he makes a big get. He makes another pussy making, uh, pussy eating gesture. <laughs> Amanda also thinks it's silly. Watts there to drive them around, which is legitimately go, weird. Cause like almost it seems yeah. like like. Uh, She's like, do you always bring another girl on the dates with you? And he says, I like to cover all my cases. It should be bases. Mm-hmm. But like it's just like okay, and it is. So, you know what? And then uh, mm. the fucking to Watts is just giving Amanda Jones shit this whole fucking end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Did Keith? Keith could pr- supernaturally anticipate everything else that happens at the end of this movie, except for the fact that the girl who's in love with him would want to fuck with the girl that he's trying to court. 
Yeah. I mean, I... I you know, well, he doesn't know that she's in love oh with him. Oh, my though. fucking God. The way they nitpick so, what Keith knows about what's happening in the story and what not is just so yeah. fucking confusing. So, anyway, they go to a fancy restaurant. Uh-huh, and they got beluga caviar or whatever the hell it is, and she's like, what the hell is this? And he's like, ooh, you don't like it? I thought you were an uptown <laughs> girl. Look he's at me, I'm like, Miss Amanda. And she's like, what, what the fuck? I don't have to take this. You were a dick earlier when you asked me what time we want to go. I think I'm going to leave. And he's like, hey, hey, calm down. And she's like, okay, I'll sit back down and kind of smile. How is this <laughs> supposed to be a good the movie? Hell? Like, this is so combative <laughs> and weird. I'm watching this and I can feel my balls crawl up the back of my mouth because, like, no one in the scene seems like a good person. It's just like, oh, my God. Uh, uncomfortable. Quick scene of Watts playing craps with the I did like that. That is great. Yeah, and she's like, cleaning everyone out too. Which, and also, mm-hmm. everyone, I know I was joking about Italian stereotypes. And everyone in this scene, like, they're, they're like the waiters from the restaurant. They're like, I tell you what to win. I, I, we, I don't know. We, we have to risk losing to make the money. And she cleans about, and they're like, oh no. And there's staff. Amanda gets a burger at the fancy place and smiles, and he says, Hey, you should smile more. <laughs> Ladies Jesus love it when dudes tell them that. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> fucking movie. So, You're not doing your best here, man. That's the worst thing about this current pandemic going on. Dudes can't tell ladies they should smile more because they can't see their smiles. Uh, so, anyhow, <laughs> they get back in the car. But not before Watts and Keith argue a bit and cause her to have emotions. Turns out Watts is legitimately... She is actually literally shat in the front seat of the car and refuses to clean it. She's she's all butthurt. Keith is on this date she knew he was going on. She ended up I mean, I don't that's know. One, the, the one thing Keith does throw in her face is like, you you volunteered to do this earlier today. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you suddenly... Because th- they're having a fight right in front of Amanda. Like, yeah. like they're not even hiding it. It's not like they even walk away from the car. And like, Keith is like, what are you doing? You're, although Keith has been fucking up. This, uh, everyone's fucking up here. No one is, is, is good or appealing. Well, is he trying to blow this date or not? I, Why does he care? Thing. And like, he's already spent all this money. Like, what is he trying to do? Shouldn't he be like, hey, yeah, get it? Well, see, oh, okay, well, this comes out. This this is the big problem with the movie. What is Keith trying to do? Because he, because well, and and, and, and a know. bit he claim. Well, he keeps on telling everyone he knows he's going to get his ass beat by the rich guy, and so this is his way mm-hmm. of dealing with that situation. The only thing is, if he's only worried about getting beat up by the rich guy, he could do that for free just by showing up at the party. So I don't know why, like, this whole thing where he's spending, literally bankrupting himself to spend all this money to... It, you can't, it's impossible to tell. Is he trying hey. to actually woo Leah Thompson, or is he trying to humiliate her? Because... Earlier in the movie, his dad says he's got, uh, you know, he was doing the budget, and he... He's figured he's got enough money for the first year of college. Yeah. So he's he spent an entire year's worth of like, college probably like funds $50, on this one like date. Yeah. Probably not that much. No, not with that it, but the, the dozens of thousands. But a couple dollars, grand yeah. at least. I'm assuming. Well, I guess I also too. I guess he's not going necessarily going to Harvard or anything like that. But no. Um, no. But so that anyhow. But that's the thing because we'll like he, from about... his perspective, he thinks that. Well, that's I could see. This being, a, and I've seen people talk about how romantic the end of this movie is with like the dates that he takes Leah Thompson out, but no, they're combative as hell. He thinks she's just trying to lure him to get his ass beat. So why mm-hmm. is he spending all this? Like, is why? Okay, so if he knows she, she, if she, if he thinks that she's just trying to get his ass beat, 
why would he spend all this money is, on her just for someone who's trying to fuck him over? Or is it even supposed if, to be like, oh, she doesn't think I'm good enough to date her? I'll show her by giving her the best date of her yeah, life. Yeah, and spending the soulless money on blue caviar, we're gonna throw. But out also being a dick to her instead. while we're on and, it. And 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 like I could see the ending of this making more sense that like even if they have articulated like maybe he thinks maybe the you know the, 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 his sister says okay Amanda Jones is obviously trying to manipulate you into getting your ass beat. Even if he just said something like, I don't think Amanda would do something like that. And like, he's so he's legitimately trying to do the date straight. That would at least make more sense. But we never even get that much. We have no idea no. what his game plan here and why he's blowing all nope. this money on Amanda. And, it, and even then, even if he's doing it straight, that's still kind of sad that he's spending all this. And uh, anyway, the most important so scene that, of the yeah, movie is coming up next where they go to the Hollywood Bowl. Well, no. The first, they go to the museum oh, where the, the skinhead's dad okay, is the security right, yeah. guard, so they can get in while it's closed and walk around and look at dark paintings. So it turns cool, out that's romantic, what I guess. Uh, Casey Jones and everyone else from detention—they were bribing the guards and getting this all and, set up. Yeah. And he's like, "Hey, well, he doesn't say this, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> do what he says in his head. Hey, I think this is a big fake date, and I want to be as romantic as possible. Look, I hung up a painting I did of you on the wall." To make you get all wooey over me, and really, oh, what? Why what? did he do this? I why well, did he? Again. Why did he take her to a museum to show her a painting that he did and hung up next to the toilet in the museum? To and again, what's the end game like, here? Like, this only makes sense if he if he doesn't think he's trying to screw her over, and he's that legitimately trying to woo her, but. He's not, so I don't... And so if he's trying to fuck with her, but that doesn't do anything to... With, like, that, that doesn't solve his situation with, with, with her boyfriend either, so I don't know what's... Unless he is... Because in the next scene, they do go to the Hollywood Bowl, and they talk about how they're trying to use each other, and if you just see this as a class thing about him trying to reach mm -hmm. out to her saying, hey, I know you're poor too... And, like, not even in a way of trying to woo her, but it's just, like, I can see you, I can understand your motivations while you're doing all this. That That is more interesting, but, like, that doesn't still explain why he spent all this money just to half kind of humiliate and poke fun of her, too, at the same time. So it's just the weirdest fucking know. thing. But, yeah, I do like this conversation they have at the Hollywood... I guess they rented out the Hollywood Bowl or just snuck in or something like that. And yeah. But also, Watts is just watching them have this heart-to-heart. -heart. She's just crying in the bleachers. <laughs> yeah, cool. And Keith and, and, and Amanda don't even seem to realize that she's there, even though they would obviously just, like, she's the only other person within the 500 one person, miles. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they do have this heart-to-heart -heart where it's like, yeah, it, it, it's, it's... Yeah. They talk. He says something I can't hear, and he's like, you know what I'm talking <laughs> about, Because he talks right? like George Lucas. I, Her. I went back and tried to listen to it, like, three times, and I couldn't understand it. The fuck is Zippity floop floop. Yeah, okay. Yep, and he says, it's this is all a joke. You used me for tonight, right? And she's like, I guess, but hey, guess what? But no though, cause you used me for your paintings and your revenge on the rich. You used me, huh? What about that? And he's like, Well, I guess I did. Sorry. We call it. <laughs> I do like yeah, and she's like, Yeah, we're cool he's now. like, Yeah, that's true, I guess. And then that's like the end of their date. And it's like, what the hell was this whole movie about? Well then? no. First, the most oh, important yeah. thing, he gives her a box and says, This is for you. It's my future. Every cent I've ever made. It's earrings. And she's like, What? He's like, I know you like them. I saw you wearing your friends. Even though Watts is the one that told me to get them in the scene where we were looking in the window at all the different jewelry. Yeah. 
Hey, you shouldn't have to borrow anything. You're too good for that. What the fuck is he talking about? I get this. The only way this makes sense to me, if it's like kind of a class, not even trying to mac on her, but as a class did thing, he, saying, hey. Did John Hughes change his mind like, and not <laughs> and forget to adjust this part in the script? That's what I'm saying. It feels like there's like a... This... Like he thought it was a legitimate date. Like he lost in, track. In one of the... Like he, for he, he mixed... It, it, uh, like, it's like he forgot that... that Eric Stoltz found out, or he he forgot that Eric Stoltz is supposed to think that Amanda Jones is trying to screw him over. But even mm -hmm. but even this thing where like even if you play it straight, it doesn't make a lot of sense because they just talked about how they were just using each other. So like the only way this like again this only makes sense to me is almost just like like an olive branch from like one poor person to another just to say hey regardless if if, 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 if if we're even friends again this I just want to reach out to you and say hey you don't have to rely on these rich people we poor uh, people have each other's backs but even then that is so like you have to go off the map to even think about that yeah and even then like this then yeah I, it's. Then she cries, and she feels ashamed. Shame for where she came from. Cool, cool, cool. Glad for the <laughs> well, being honest, at son. least, yeah. And then all her friends get what they want when they want it. Boom, emotions. And then they kiss. Yeah. Sure, whatever. Romance. I don't even think it's, like, really, like... Watts sees that, goes back to the car. It is... Haven't peeped enough of this. I don't... I mean, she's... I mean, she doesn't... She's not close enough to get, like, understand what they were actually talking about. Just that they were... Although, even from... It's the, an amphitheater. Even they probably could. She could probably hear them. I just them. realized, like a fucking mouse farts. It sounds like a thunderclap from where she's standing. From. <laughs> yeah. Although, but even then, it's actually even like I. This is just all. All she would have, even if she didn't hear anything they were saying, all you would see is them getting angry at each other, then crying, and then kissing. And she would be like, yeah. "What, what the hell's on. going on in this well, date?" Bill, you go ahead and rant. I, 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 back in the olden days, I haven't done it for a while. I make. A okay, go make a pee pee. So yeah, this is. <laughs> I don't. I like it, it's. It's mystifying. I do think Amanda Jones is the most interesting character in this. In this. In this thing because she's the only character who actually like. She's kind of well-rounded. She has multiple perspectives. She's not portrayed as like a perfectly good or a perfectly evil person. You know, she's she like uses her sex against the 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 the, the, the guy to get out of the the this, this school thing to get out of detention, which is not evil, but like you know, it's she knows how to it just shows that she knows how the game is played, and she like she's but she's also poor, but like fucking I just yeah I'm sorry I'm just so confused by this movie I'm legitimately confounded I have no idea what's going and. Uh, it's just, I mean, uh, I'm glad Elias Katias and Leia Thompson got a paycheck. I have no way to stump, because I'm just watching this now and just completely just throwing my hands up in the air, just going, I, what? This is one of those few movies where the screenplay feels like the script is actually broken in a way that I don't think the screenwriter understood. Like, at least with, like, you, when you have a bad screenplay like Transformers or something like that. It's written by committee. Wow. You can totally understand why it sucks. But when you have one person, and I know uh, Daniel's back because I could hear him sit down. But when you have one person ah. in charge of the screenplay, it's so weird that when they lose track of their own character motivations like that, that's extra mm. fucking mm -hmm. odd. But, like, anyway, I was just yep. ranting about how I think Amanda Jones is the best character in the movie. And not by best. Yeah, She's the most, well, the, the most dimensional fleshed character. Fleshed out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can't even say fleshed out because it's not like she has anything more. But it's still, she's the most, yeah, anyway.
So they eventually go back to the car, and he's like, Alright, let's go to that party and watch me get the shit beat out of That's, you. And Watts is like... Yeah, okay. Watts is like, they're just gonna beat you up. I'm not gonna drive you there. And Amanda's like, hey, yeah, you dumb idiot. It's not just him. His friends are gonna help. And he's like, I have to phase him sooner or later. That's, That's weird. So this is the... Like, they've never... This is the first time Amanda acknowledges that there's a plan. And they never talk mm -hmm. about her involvement in this plan. Well, granted, she didn't know. Well, but it's no, weird that like yeah, no one ever she's... says like, "Oh, hey," the, they never clarify what's happened because obviously there was a misunderstanding. But the misunderstanding never really gets clarified. No. I mean, she, all, other than just uh, you would assume now Amanda understands what's happening. Although you think it's Amanda would divine like, "Oh, wait, did you think I was involved in this?" Like, I, I like, yeah, but I that even know. that Whatever. never even happens. But yeah, no, okay. So Watts drives them anyway. And yeah, they're going to I do party, love right? after she says, I'm not going to drive you there. She's like, okay, I guess I'm going to drive you anyway. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. They go to the party, and Watts is like, okay, I'll be waiting outside for your bloody body to get carried to the hospital. I'm watching this. So they... I literally thought it was going to be her who shows up and not fuck Casey Jones, but yeah. So they go to the party inside, and Hardy's alerted that the moron actually showed up like a big stupid idiot <laughs> yeah. at his super cool party. So he's like, hey, welcome to my party. And he 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 asks, hey, do you guys have sex? You, you, I, she's used. I used her. So Keith attacks him. And then Hardy's friends pull him off of Keith. And Hardy's like, take him outside and beat him up. Whatever. Drama. Beat him up Says so the whole neighborhood could see that this is an unfair fight. Yeah. Yeah. Amanda stands up for him a little bit and says, "Leave him alone. If you wanted to get back together with me, fine. I'll get back together with you. Just don't beat him up." He's like, "Oh no, no, no. You got a bag. You got a bag. You get back together with the... me. It's so, it's so fucking cartoonish. I'm almost surprised he didn't go. Seriously, crash yeah. of lightning. Behind I guess him. the movie at this point does kind of understand that Amanda Jones is the most sympathetic character because this is the where they're threatening to fuck her over the hardest over anyone in the scene. Because at least, at least if Keith gets beat up, he's just getting beat up. Where like this guy's threatening to like really just socially destroy her in front of all these people, and mm -hmm. it doesn't matter anyway. Because well, yeah, but what is that? <gasps> What? It's the best character in the movie. <laughs> the one that the movie should have been about. It's the punk skinhead come in and is like, hey, no begging necessary. Someone please and Photoshop this. this. Be... So he actually shows up and it's fucking, he's actually in the fucking hockey mask with the two fucking baseball yeah. bats. And it is just yeah. like, he starts beating the shit out of people left and right. Says, yeah. this must be a hen house because I smell chicken I shit. I do love his line read of chicken shit. Like, that is great. Mm -hmm. I fucking love it, yeah. And also, all the other misfits are there yeah, with fucking him. Yeah, I'm watching it's it now. It's Bismarck Key and Whitesnake ro Roadie right behind him, yeah. The skinhead's like, oh, I'm gonna go beat your ass, rich boy. But Keith is like, now, now, now. Now, I think, uh... Not Keith. Sorry. Keith is like, hold up. Wait a second there, Mr. Skinhead Man. Now that I have people to hide behind, I'm feeling very much emboldened. <laughs> so, I shall make a statement... To this other grown-ass man playing a teenage boy. <laughs> the 35-year-old dude, yeah. <laughs> so Hardy's like, ha ha, it's a funny joke, but now it's done. We could just forget this whole thing happened. And Keith says, you want the truth? You want to hear a fact? You're over. Wow. Well, that's it. You that's really got, the big You really got him there, Keith. He's over? That, that'll learn him. That's... I can't believe you burned him so bad. Like Wow. The, the guy should just be standing there going, like, I don't even understand what that means. How am I over? And the man I'm still rich and powerful. Like, it's imagine yeah. trying to take down Donald Trump by going up to him going, Donald Trump, you're over. Like, that's mm -hmm. not going to 
like, what's that doing? What's like? Yeah. And Amanda's like, so you're just gonna leave? I do well, like I'm the, not. Yeah. And she goes up. And, and, oh, first Keith says, yeah, there isn't anything I can't do to him that he hasn't already done to himself. What? What a, that's what such a, a fucking dork. Keith thing to what do. What an asshole. <laughs> well, at least we know Keith well enough. None of his other actions make sense, but this, this, this sounds about right for Keith just to be this, like, passive non-thing. Yeah, he's the fucking... And Amanda says... Alright, well, fuck it. I'm gonna slap him in the face a couple I times. I thought she was at least gonna knee him in the balls, punch him in the face, but she just slaps him twice. And it's presented yeah. like this big, like, ooh. Ooh, yeah. he did it in front of all of his friends. Ooh, they lost respect for him or whatever, sure. And then and then the the, the misfits are like, alright, let's get this parties bumping. Yay! But we don't get to see any you of that You get one fun. moment where fucking... Leah Thompson's shitty best friend suddenly falls in love with, like, fucking Seth Rogen Whitesnake Rhodey. And that's, yeah. like, the big com comedic button on the movie. It's like, oh. Man, he took his sunglasses off, and he should have had an eye crossed or something. <laughs> that would have been fantastic. Duh. And so fucking Keith and Amanda <laughs> So Jones. Keith and Amanda, they go outside. And he, he looks at Watts, and he's his flashback on screen of the time that they made out, and he said, oh my god. They made out four I hours felt her earlier. Grind against, yeah. I've, when she was grinding against my dick, I felt like she was really actually into it. Huh, who'd have known? And then, and then uh, Watts is like, hey, nice job. I saw from out here. I'm going to walk home my buddies so you guys can drive. And then after she leaves, Amanda's like, Hey, you remember when I said I'd rather be with somebody for the wrong reasons than alone for the right ones? And then she gives them the earrings and says she'd rather be right. It'll be good to stand on my own as a teenager, <laughs> still living at home with my parents. You know what? Actually, that would make more... It would be more dramatic if she were actually, like, an adult, independent woman living on her own. But, like, I still get... I get that... that Actually, her making this choice at the end of this movie mm -hmm. is probably the most character growth I've ever seen in a John Hughes movie. Just this that's one fair. simple choice, which is, again, but that's, in contrast, that's not saying a hell of a lot, but, like, this is probably the most adult decision I've ever seen anyone make in one of these movies. And that's it. She, that, and then the, the most nonsensical gets, shit is followed up with a chaser of what? Yeah. She gives him the earrings and says, your heart wanted to give these to somebody else. So he How smiles at her. How does she divine all this? She doesn't even know Watts nah, other than Watts being know. a fucking cunt fiesta to her during this whole fucking well, when, thing. Jesus Christ. When they were walking down the steps, she was looking at him when he saw Watts and noticed his pants bulge get a little bit bigger. <laughs> the fact that uh, the fucking Back to the Future has slide whistle penis <laughs> kind of gives <laughs> a lot of that away. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. So this is my one chance to smiles. say that Back to the Future gives the earrings to Back to the Future. And then, mm -hmm. yeah. She smile. He smiles at her and chases after Watts as the music starts to pump, and she's all crying and like <laughs> snotty and shit. Snotty, yeah. Jay and he looks at her. She's walking down this empty street, just bawling. <laughs> it's like, come he, on, have a little dignity. He falls. Man. He's like, hey, Watts, and she turns around and he says, I'm so hard right now, and they make out in the center of the <laughs> no, street. No, what happens? She turns around and is actually impaled by his boner. <laughs> So she dies, and it's a tragic end. She didn't even get a chance to look at him before, right before Jess goes, Kashonk. Yeah. He says, I'm sorry, I didn't know. And she's like, yeah, you're really stupid. A sentiment we can all get behind. Exactly, yeah. And she says, I wanted those earrings anyway. And he's like, ah, you knew you were going to get them. And she's like, I didn't know, but I hoped. And they start what? walking in the opposite direction. The car is parked. And hey, idiots. 
you don't you have a car you don't have to walk you know, someone's gonna have to come back for that car in the morning even if you just want to like enjoy the walk home and talking to each other and making out in the dark but like yeah and exactly she, and she's like how do i look and he says you look good wearing my future and then a well, cover of can't stop can't help falling in love starts playing with all flutes and shit <laughs> by, by lick the tins yeah and it's over. That. it sounds like the end of willow um that was no good and that and, and the, forever we draw a curtain over the john hughes era of teen comedies hey bill yeah can we never do john hughes again? Uh, like, <laughs> well we there's nothing else, unless we do movies i've already seen or do like baby's mm. day out there's not much to choose from so oh my god <laughs> yeah. i have to do tennis the menace i'm gonna spring that on you as a surprise someday just to fuck with ah. you Oh my god, so that is some kind of what the fuck. That was that bad. Was, I, Nonsensical. I made no sense. No I seriously sense. don't under like there's there's gotta be deleted scenes or something that makes sense of this ending, because I, I can't I honestly can't believe Again, like well this is something I was saying while you were away taking a pee. I could see like insane nonsensical character motivation happening in a movie that's written by committee because that happens all the time hence you know transformers movies and shit like that but when a movie is like written by an auteur like johnny hughes for this just to make no fucking sense at the end is just what happened and that's that's everything else aside that's the reason why no one cares about some kind of wonderful because this emotionally just doesn't make any sense there's nothing to relate to because fucking keith the main character is such a weird cipher yeah. <laughs> that it's just and yeah if you don't understand characters motivations you can't get an emotionally attached to them if you can't get emotionally attached to them there's no movie so it's, oh shit not that the I first half to make my great but ugh. i forgot to make my joke that <laughs> that hardy and his friends were gonna beat him up so bad he'd be able to star in mass <laughs> Oh, touche, touche. <laughs> Damn God. it. Well, supposedly it was Mask that, like, how he wound up in Back to the Future, because I guess, well, they originally from Back to the Future, they wanted Michael J. Fox. They couldn't get him because he was in the middle of filming uh, Family Ties. Mm -hmm. And so I guess the studio head was like, oh, we just we just finished filming Mask, and we think this Eric Stoltz is going to be an Oscar winner. You got to put him in your movie. And so they put him in Back to the Future, and they were like, we need someone who's a comedian, not someone who just stands there and goes, I'm in Mask. And so, yeah, they tried to, they, like, they filmed half of Back to the Future before they were like, this isn't working, we gotta, and they actually did manage to get Michael J. Fox in there, but, like, oh my god, yeah, so, that's, and even then, you know, watching Mask, he, aside from the makeup, he's still just like, hey, I'm Eric Stoltz, how you doing? It's, 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 it's like poetry, it rhymes, <laughs> so, which is what I actually do like Eric Stoltz, I don't think he's a bad actor or anything like that, but you have to put him in the material that suits his kind of inert personality and this is not yeah no Ooh. hey bill yeah. here's some stuff that's on the trevia page and i think they <laughs> fucked you, up you, and put you. in the wrong section oh no yeah holly's hairstyle changes slightly at hardy's party at an hour and 24 35 it's flatter than it is in an hour and 27 24 where it looks fuller and curlier I think oh that must friend? be the best friend who like yeah because she's the one with no that's shane I don't know who Holly oh, is. Because okay. Shane's hair is fuller and fuzzier at 12435 <laughs> than it is at 12806. Her lipstick is also darker at that later time. Oh, Jesus Christ. Great. Thanks, guys. Yeah. 
I was in the, in the John Hughes book, the the lady who originally hired to film this movie and only filmed like two days. They talk about like they put like John like fucking Eric Stoltz in this crazy wig to make him more like I don't know, it's something. But like they said, they reverted that as soon as they started filming with the the, the new director who had directed uh, Pretty in Pink. But who gives a shit? Yeah. It's, that's the end of who our fucking. Yeah, at least you can rest easy. You know we're never gonna do any more John Hughes. Oh shit! That is four John Hughes movies that we've done in the last six months between these three teen comedies and Christmas Vacation. Jesus Christ! Oh yeah! Holy yeah. shit! That's, that's that's too much Hughes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and we uh, we have to talk about all the worst parts of his movies too. We couldn't even talk about like even the quote unquote good ones. Uh, fuck mm. Christmas Vacation, that overrated piece of shit. If you enjoy it for <laughs> Christmas, that's great, I'm sure. But fuck! Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. are we doing yeah. next? Uh, next we're doing... Uh, going back to Disney through the decades. I think it's a bunch of shorts. Right? I think so, yeah. Before... Dumbo's got to be coming up soon, right? Um, it's got to be, because we already skipped over, like I said, like three three Caballeros is 1945, so then we've... Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Who can load it faster? Apple TV. Not working fast enough. Let's see. Uh, goofy double dribble, goofy night for a day, chip and Dale, oh, that's right. delayed date, male doll. Oh, Pluto cartoon. Uh, that's what, because I was so excited to oh, find out that we three Pluto cartoons yeah. in a well, row. Well, we got chip and Dale. Chip and Dale's always good times, but then fucking uh, then Pluto. It's, then it's the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad to finish off the 40s. So are we just not doing Dumbo? Is Dumbo not on here? Dumbo's got to be Dumbo's not here. 1950s. Did we? Oh, unless did they not? Did they not list it in Disney through the decades? Oh my god! Yeah, I'm looking. They must have not listed it on Disney through the can decades. Can we? Can we? Does that mean? Oh my, Bill! Bill! <laughs> That's that, means we, that means we could skip Dumbo. We well, know we pretend we talked about Dumbo. So if anyone asks, we're like, oh yeah, Dumbo. We love. Him. How is not? Wait, I... No, Bill, we just say that's behind the paywall. <laughs> that's for the uh, Disney Plus Premium. Wait, I got I gotta mm-hmm. see if it's on the service. Uh, yeah, it is. I searched for Dumbo. it. Maybe they didn't put it on Disney through the decades because they wanted to bump up the newer oh one. Oh my god, you're actually... You might be right. Holy shit. Huh. That is fucking wild. What, what a weird one to not it's put on It's just not in the collection. Yeah. Wait, no. uh, we gotta see if there's any other, uh, like, is Alice in Wonderland? Like, I'm trying to think of any other... That's wild! I'm glad we figured that out. Okay. No, I, I'm looking at Alice in Wonderland right now. It's on there. <laughs> I totally fine with Skip. <laughs> Fucking... Yeah, also, like, that's, like, there's more racism talk there to talk about. Like, there's multiple reasons not to want to watch. I mean, Dumbo's only an hour and three minutes, but still, yeah, that's think an that hour and three minutes we don't have actual, to talk about. Like, like actual story movie, not just like short because it's a bunch of shorts bashed together like a three a three movies. I never liked Dumbo, so that's fine. Mm, no, Dumbo is what killed because we were gonna do uh when we were doing Pink Elephants the party, is the only decent part of that. We were gonna do Disney, we we're gonna do all the Disney features, and I think it was like the fact that we got the Dumbo. We don't. You mean talk Boy about Howdy? Dumbo, so we just never even kept on going. Yeah. Wow, that is. Huh. We have to. I want to see. I want to make sure there's nothing else missing. Because there might be something like I would still, even though like Sleeping Beauty's boring as shit, I would still want to talk about Sleeping Beauty. Dumbo of all the movies, I would not. I would be more than fine skipping. Yeah, that's wild. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I'm gonna Google that to see if there's any particular reason if they've said anything about why that's not in there. 
Because uh, I think they just pick and choose whatever the hell they want. I'm trying to think what the, should be the, the next major Disney. Because I know there's like Ichabod, and Mr. Crane. There's Fun and Fancy Free. There's more like quote unquote features in our way. But I'm trying to think. Mm-hmm. Would it be? Well, no, Sleeping Beauty's on Disney through the decades. Yeah, well, I'm trying to think what the next. Yeah. What's because Sleeping Beauty's like 1950, right? Yeah, Lady and the Tramps before that. Oh, really? Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. So okay, so Peter Pan's before that. Oh, 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 <laughs> I get the beginning and this is my thing where I keep on bashing like, even though I'm a huge Disney fan I'm not necessarily a fan of the Cinderella. classic Disney features um yeah. okay <laughs> wow yeah. that's weird alright yeah I really hey that's there's some good news to end this this Yay! bad movie podcast a little gift to ourselves okay yeah mm-hmm. um watch them add it like the week before we're... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god anyway so what else have you been up to anything yeah. else going on in your, your life or anything like that uh finished paper mario that was cute was enough. that actually good yeah it was all right the the combat system gets a little tedious when you're like oh, i have to solve this puzzle okay. again but whatever uh had you fun. played the other the more recent uh paper mario games no oh, okay the last one i played was the wii one i think that's the only so paper you mario missed because I, I know everyone loved the everyone says the wii one is the last good one so you missed the last two bad yeah. ones which were the only last two of the ones that i played <gasps> baby oh no hey buddy Yeah. What's going on? You heard the man. Oh, I, yeah. I totally understood all of that. Is that bonus again? Yeah, is that the microphone? Yeah. I yeah. do love he's talking. We may not be able to understand everything that he's saying, but he definitely thinks he's saying something. Yep. Yeah, something. Yep, up, up. Hey, uh, did you do fireworks and animal crossing last <laughs> Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot that's Nothing going on. I got when much. I fired up uh, Animal Crossing last night. They were like, "Hey, make sure to come back tomorrow for, for fireworks." Yeah. Which, yeah, actually, yesterday okay. was the first day in Animal Crossing. I forgot to fire up. You had to remind me, so I'm actually oh, that, that, that's that's a red letter date for me with Animal Crossing. Anyway, I should let you go because you got kid stuff. Oh no, you're fine. No, he just ran oh, off. Okay. He grabbed uh, the Lego Lumpy Space Princess and ran off. <laughs> well, that's very cute. Uh, did, did you have you guys started work on the new uh, Lego Mario set? Oh, that's, yeah, that's all done. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. Because, what, you got the yeah. core set that he loved so much, but then the last night you sent me a photo of... What was the second set that you got? Uh, it was... Yes, our... We got it Friday night. It was the the biggest set. Oh, really? Okay. Bowser's Castle. Yeah, I yeah. didn't realize. I, I was not paying attention to that stuff so much. I had no idea. Like, even the Lego and NES set, which I was stupid enough to actually pull the trigger on, I didn't, like, no, I didn't know anything about the set itself until starting to build it, uh, put it together, but... Yeah, he's been super into it, which means he's getting into Legos and Mario at the same time. Oh, that's so pretty good. I dodged that bullet, and he's not a fan of Sonic. Oh, really? I, I, that's great. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, you don't want your kids to grow up to be Sonic No, that fans. means he's going to be, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. You might as well just get him a DeviantArt account right God, away. Yeah, just wait until he turns out to be no. My Little Pony fan. There's going to be something where you're going to be like, oh, no. Oh, no, oh, no, no. that's fine. Uh, he's still a kid, so that's fine. But anyhow, <laughs> yeah, uh, we should wrap it up. Besides that, I watched. Uh, I can recommend on Netflix. Uh, Love on the Spectrum is a very cute Australian. Show uh, about, my housemates uh, tried to watch, make, make me watch some of that. Uh, I guess the first two episodes, the dates. It's so it's a reality show where where mm-hmm. people on the autism spectrum like try to get hook up with each other and stuff like that. They go on like blind dates mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, I had not, yeah. I've only seen like two episodes, and I guess the first two episodes ended better than the two episodes that they tried to get me to watch which both ended with like dates ending in failure and they apologized to me because they were like oh no these are the first episodes where it like didn't turn out to be a, like a love connection hey guess What's what that? 
Nobody really makes a love connection because yeah. dating when you're on the spectrum is very difficult. Man, I felt so bad because I'm sitting there watching these people, and like I always forget, like the people I've had, I've had the hardest time of my life connecting with are people like that. I'm like, oh my god, I feel so bad. All these people in my life have like pushed away who were obviously just. In retrospect, now I'm like, oh god, they were just on the spectrum. Not to say that that justifies. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah. No, it's fine. I mean, it's it's that means you're growing as a person, realizing that you can look back and go, yeah. "Oops." There's oh. like one girl in particular where she would like run around and dance and stuff like that when and like just make honking sounds and stuff like that. I'm like, oh my god, I actually had to work with people like that in high school, and instead of being understanding, mm -hmm. we would just be like, "What the fuck is wrong with that person?" Like, I was like, "Oh god, yeah," just recognizing all the bad times of. Not that I would go out of my way to, like, fuck them up or humiliate them, but, like, those kinds of people, when you're trying to get the shit done, you just push away just because they're getting in the way. It's just, like, fuck. Yeah. I, I, like, I'm glad that show exists, but that made me more uncomfortable than I realized just trying to watch. But I'm glad you had a good time with that. Oh, no, the dates are excruciating. That's the other watch, thing, because it was very, so like, there's the one girl who shows up, and she tries to get the guy to play Switch with her, Smash Brothers. At, at mm -hmm. the oh, you mean, you, you mean young Penny Marshall? We're not allowed to make fun of autism people in reality show. I'm not making fun I know, of but her. She, is like, she looked I like a young Penny Marshall. Did you play Smash? Uh -huh. Yeah, it's all just like, oof, oof a do. Um, no, they're all very sweet people. No, they're all very, cool. yeah. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a cute show. They themselves are very If you cool. can handle a little, if you can hand, I'm, I am I don't like cringe, but if you can handle a little bit of cringe yeah. from people who don't know how to socialize. Yeah. Which, hey, that's me good. too. I can't throw too many stones. It's not like I'm fucking Oh, I am terrible at socializing. <sighs> I'm 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 the I fucking like, shit this, monster. These dates are going like mine. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah. Aside from that, no. I'm. Uh, have you tried Fall Guys yet? I want to try to try. Fall People guys keep on talking point. about that. It's free. So oh, is it? Is it just on this, PC or is it on stuff? It's no. It's the Disney Plus free game this month, along with the Modern Disney Warfare Plus? 2's. Oh, you mean the PlayStation Plus? Yeah. Oh, okay. Along with Modern Warfare 2's campaign, but is who that gives the a new crap Russian about one? that? Yeah, yeah fuck that, crash. yeah. Um, God, yeah, though, fuck, that's like, that's like Call of Duty kind of... This even, like, from a story perspective, they jumped the shark, but also, I don't think, I don't remember the multiplayer being as good as the first one, too. Uh, oh, this is no Well, that's what I'm saying, though, but even if it had the best part of it, which would be the multiplayer, that's not even the best multiplayer that you could go back and play, yeah. I need Some people to, liked it better than, than 4, but... I, mean, I keep on meaning to go update both uh, Apex Legends and Call of Duty just to see what's... All the just mm. sounds like they're going to announce the new Call of Duty next week, so you could probably sure, update the current Call of Duty that we've been playing. Well, not that we've been playing recently, but... Yeah, you bought me Call of Duty, the multiplayer. No, you bought me the whole game as a gift. Like, this past February. Mm. God knows, we poured, like... Mm -hmm. we At least beat each of us probably poured we 100 got our hours worth. that game, yeah. Yeah. So... What is it, boy? Hi. What do you want? <laughs> Okay. Aww. Okay. Let me finish up. Okay. Oh, okay. well, he's yeah. I'm being summoned. He's Mojoed on Twitter. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. Tardy Podcast on Twitter. Tardypodcast.com. Share us around. Whatever. Sorry if you like some kind of wonderful, but it's not a good movie. It's not a good movie. I mean, it is better than some other John Hughes movies. But again, <laughs> by virtue of the fact there's no racist characters falling out of trees, but oof. Yeah. No. No Beethoven's fourth, but it'll <laughs> do. Um, oh. witty joke to end the podcast here. You're wearing my future. I don't know. Something, something. Um, I don't know. Yeah. This, yeah, whatever. It's freaking, it's, I'm gonna spite you by being really nice to you and buying you a thousand dollar earring. I'm gonna, sh yeah. Get you. 
If you don't like our podcast, spite us by doing really nice things for us. Spreading Get us $20,000 diamond earrings. I hate you so much, I'm going to embarrass you with the fucking nice things I'm going to do with you. What a weird fucking movie. Of course, John Hughes, who was a crazy person, would think that the best way to get back at somebody would be to be nice at them. I think that would be the most cruel yeah. thing you could do. What a fucking weirdo. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So anyway. Alright. Anyway. We'll be back with the Disney Next week, we'll be watching. Watching some shorts next time and not Dumbo. High five. High five. Woo! Yeah. Party time. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Take care, guys. All right. Yeah. Adios. Adios.